Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. I'm so happy. I've just won £40 million in my dream that I had last night. And when I woke up this morning, I was excited for a matter of about a minute and a half. And then it suddenly dawned on me it was just a dream. I dream of buying this house on Richmond Green. I've seen it. I walked in it. I put the furniture in it in my dream. And then I wake up this morning and somebody's playing a joke with me. It, it wasn't real at all. I didn't win £40 million. In fact, I haven't won anything at all. I'm very disappointed. But it doesn't matter. I don't care. I'm here on Christmas Day. There's a professor in the paper today. He's in big trouble. He's told people there's no Father Christmas. I mean, that is about the worst thing you can possibly say to anybody. There is no Father Christmas. We know that there is a Father Christmas. And we know where he lives. And I've seen him. So there. I don't care. Uh, the latest non-entity to join the jump, somebody called Vogue Williams. The producer had no idea, even when I told him who she was. He was still none the wise. Apparently she was married to Brian McFadden, but there again, so was Kerry Coke-Toner. Well, the... You don't know who she is either. It's ridiculous, isn't it? You know who Spencer Matthews is, though, don't you? No? Oh, blimey. Spencer Matthews was the one who was made in Chelsea, a little bit of a plank, and then he went out to the jungle and he was having strange hallucinations. Turns out he was on steroids. Do you remember? So they then got rid of him very quickly and he disappeared. His parents got a hotel somewhere um, and I think he went to stay there. But anyway, he can't get any work because he wants to be a presenter. And I read a piece a short while ago. He said, I, I think I'll do presenting. I was going to book you to do presenting. I love the way people think you just walk into presenting. That, you know, Steve Allen's not here one minute or Darren's not here. And then somebody who's never done it before just steps into the breach. And and then all of a sudden you sort of think about it and you think, you know, I don't know, is that is that the way forward? <laughs> oh God, honestly, a strange way to resign. Um, I do like the tiger ad on the television. The tiger that came in for some tender, loving care. And I only saw it for the first time yesterday and it was so good. It was so good. I thought, that's lovely. It's a tiger who comes in, he's hurt his paw. And so this lady bathes it and he's lying on the bed. And uh, and then eventually, to cut cut to the chase, the uh, the tiger walks out of the house goes into the forest and then turns around and looks at her. And it's for the World Wildlife Fund. Well, I bought into it. I thought it was fantastic. Although I did, I sort of laughed. There was a picture in the paper this week, because you know that poor people up north have been having this dreadful weather, the floods and the, the, the sort of the high winds and all the rest of it. And what was blown into the street? The trampoline that featured in the John Lewis advert. And I thought, well, there's Sod's Law. Don't buy the kids a trampoline for Christmas, even though the dog wants to go on it and the foxes want to go on it, because this one ended up in the street. Very dangerous. Uh, Megan's cooked her own turkey. Yeah, wow, the girl's talented, which is great. Apparently, she's going out over Christmas to go and... What's she doing? Oh, she's going to see a charity that she set up six months ago looking for... Uh, looking out for girls who've fallen on hard times in India, I think. And I thought, wait a minute... Six months ago is when she started going out with Prince Harry. Not that we've seen any evidence. There are no pictures of them together. They've never been pictured together. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So maybe it's a fantasy relationship in his mind. But anyway, six months ago is when they started going out. You don't think uh, they start going out and he goes, so, uh, so, babe, uh, what have you been doing? And she goes, well, I've been married and uh, I've had a few, few boyfriends. He said, get a charity. Get a charity, for God's sake, get a charity. The press will be on you like a ton of bricks if you don't do charity work. If you do charity work, they actually forgive you just about anything. And so this thing is set up six months ago, which is about the time, about the time that they started going out together. Um, I know that Cliff is uh, is listening in uh, in New York. Actually, there is a piece in the paper today uh, which is uh, talking 
And, uh, oh, Warren, you must be so careful, honestly, really. Poor boy, he's exhausted at the moment. He, he stays up. Some people stay up half the night. My friend Jordan was up last night. I woke up really early, but I went to bed like stupid o'clock. I mean, I went to bed, I think, by half past five. Because I was tired. And I thought, I'll go to bed. So I climbed into bed, gone, but woke up at, I think, about quarter to twelve. And I thought, I might as well get up, actually. And so, quarter past twelve, I had a nice long shower, which was lovely. And, um, and I did tweet, actually. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of on top of the world. If it wasn't for this blasted dream that I had. I, I seem to dream vividly now. I seem to dream vividly. Anyway, the story about Cliff Richard is in the paper today. Because uh, after they recently revealed that Cliff still harbours hopes of releasing more Christmas singles, he's doing it. He is releasing a Christmas single. Uh, this special Christmas mix of single, It's Better to Dream, which appears in its original form on his new album, Just Fabulous Rock and Roll. And as a special festive treat for Sir Cliff Aficionados, not only can you download it via our iTunes, but it also comes in the form of a special Christmas card, which includes the CD single and a special message from the man himself. It's Better to Dream Christmas mix will be available to buy from tomorrow. So there you go. So uh, I know that uh, Cliff is away at the moment, having hopefully a nice time, a bit of a rest. Uh, like the rest of I think this, this uh, programme's like having a rest. Seriously, you come in, you have a rest. And I've, I've also discovered who our special guests are for In Conversation this week. And it's kind of foodie garden. Foodie garden this week with uh, Marcus Waring, the celebrity chef, and also Monty Don. So... That will be for this weekend's In Conversation. And I will remind you again that I'm doing breakfast, which I think is between 7 and 10. It is between 7 and 10, isn't it? Uh, on Christmas Day, on Boxing Day and on New Year's Day as well. So I must remember, keep cancelling cars and all the rest of it. I always forget things like this. Uh, 84850, uk. So, and as, as Richard Hammond... Uh, it's available now to download on the LBC website. You can download Richard Hammond and Martin Kemp as well. And I now discover from yesterday that, in fact, the uh, Birds of a Feather thing uh, went out. It's, it's been out before, actually. Been out before. So, uh, good news. So, loads of stuff coming up for Christmas as well. What else have we got today? Apart from the uh, the papers, uh, the Justin Bieber story makes the papers again today. I, don't, I couldn't quite work out why they would be reprinting that, seeing as we did it yesterday. Uh, Prince Harry is still on his freebie. Sorry, he's on a fact-finding mission. No, he's not. He's just out there being photographed with kids who have no idea who he is. Not a clue. Not a clue. On St Kitts. Uh, they don't know him, but he arrived uh, yesterday just for a photo opportunity. And so it's Harry with, uh, with a lot of children. It's odd, isn't it, really? Because still, we don't know what he's doing for Christmas. And normally by this time, they go, well, the royals are all going. I suspect he will not be able to avoid going to spend Christmas with the royal family. That's what you're expected to do if you're in the royal family. But don't think poor old Harry's ever thought he was in the royal family. After being told that there were more children being born to cousin William, uh, sorry, brother William, um, uh, he sort of went, oh, good. It's, it's kind of pleasing for him. It pushes him, excuse me, further down the list. <sighs> right, 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 right. Um, was it wise for the Chancellor to give your millions to save Britain's biggest house? My answer is... Yes. He's only given £17 million to Wentworth Woodhouse. And it is the most fantastic house. The history is just unbelievable. We have to save properties like this. This is, this is part of our heritage. This is what people come to this country for. They come for the, for the majesty and the grandeur of the houses and the places that we still keep going. Wentworth Woodhouse has got the biggest frontage of any house you have ever seen. It's like Buckingham Palace and then some. 
But the difference with Wentworth, Wentworth Woodhouse is that out of these 700-odd rooms, there are a number of them that are slowly falling into the ground. And the reason they're falling into the ground is because underneath the house, it is honeycombed with uh, coal tunnels. Manny Shinwell, a ghastly piece of work, decided he didn't like the rich... Lined his own pockets, of course, but didn't like the rich. And he hated the people who owned Wentworth Woodhouse, which was, in its day, the the biggest employer in its area. I mean, seriously, this house is just... If you have any passion for anything in this country and any any interest in what our history looks like, this house is the one that appeals to you. It is stunningly beautiful. It is stunningly gorgeous. It needs a fortune spending on it. The money that the government have pledged, the £17 million, will go nowhere near looking after it. It needs about £60 million spending on it. But it's just beautiful. I mean, it is in the snow. You could cry when you look at the people who built this, who were so fabulously rich. Anyway, Manny Shinwell hated them. They discovered a coal seam and Manny Shinwell decided to uh, start digging the coal out underneath and right up to the back door of Wentworth Woodhouse. There are photographs of slag heaps up to the back door. He hated them so much. And um, so underneath the house is honeycombed with these tunnels where the miners were tunnelling coal, right under the foundation. So, consequently, some rooms have slipped a little bit, and it needs sorting out. It needs probably filling in with God knows how many hundreds of tonnes of concrete to stop the house falling in anymore. It is the most beautiful place. I mean, it's like, it's like sort of leaving Buckingham Palace there for years and then going back to it in 30 years' time and going, oh, let's just pull it down, shall we? Let's not bother with it. No, 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 you can't. This would be grade one listed, I would have thought. It's amazing. In fact, it was so big... That, as I've explained before, when people went there for dinner, they gave them a bag of coloured paper and you dropped it on the floor so you could find your way back to your room. It was so big. People didn't know where they were. You'd be wandering, you know, tunnels and this and that. No idea. But it's a fantastic place. There is a DVD out. It's, it's um, I can't remember what it is. It might be called Great Country Houses. I promise you, you will not be disappointed if you get it out, if you, if you buy it and you have a look at Wentworth Woodhouse. Because it's one of those houses that you think people were so rich in those days. There would have been... A good few hundred people who actually worked on the estate and inside the house. It's got a beautiful marbled floor in the entrance hall. I mean, it's just, it just, when I first saw it and I heard, heard the story, I was fascinated, absolutely fascinated. So I, I got the DVD and I watched the DVD and it, I think it's Mr. Crookshank who takes us around Wentworth Woodhouse. Um, he does various other houses as well. The Country House Reveal, Dan Crookshank um, is doing it. It is just Wentworth Woodhouse is like the most amazing thing here. I mean, it's the they say here that it's got 600 foot frontage, 600 foot frontage. There's also one of the houses that they go to and it might be uh, Lutyens Marsh Court um, is owned by somebody famous. I think it's somebody from from Duran Duran. I'm sure it's it's him. But they're, they're absolutely fantastic. Is it Marsh Court? This is an arts... And, oh, it might not be. Arts and craft. No. That looks nice as well. Uh, it's uh, Gertrude Jekyll. Look, I mean, you look inside these places. God, it's fantastic inside. Wow. You see, I mean, I think this is brilliant. I'm, I'm, always, I'm always in, in sort of in sort of some sort of envy, I think. It's now in the hands of a New York-based interior designer called Robert uh, Couturier. And it's become... Uh, more singular still. How lovely to own these places. But Wentworth Woodhouse, it must be freezing cold. The couple who bought it, because it was just sitting there and it was bought uh, by this man who's a solicitor and his wife. She died. He was there by himself. I mean, it is just the most... I mean, you can go round it. 
You can go round it. I mean, I, I can only urge you to go there, because if, if you're interested in history in this country, there's more than 300 rooms, although the precise number's unclear. It's, it covers 2.5 acres, and there's another house right at the back of it, which backs onto Wentworth Woodhouse. It's, I mean, it's, it's just amazing. Uh, the value appreciated when they discovered coal underneath it, and it was Earl Fitzwilliam who owned it until 1979. 1979. It is just... Amazing. It really is. So the owner now is the Wentworth Woodhouse Preservation Trust. I mean, I'd, I'd go there. It's two, two joint houses. Two jo- it's, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And it's, it's a sort of place that you know, I, I could look at it time and time again and you think, at one time this house would have been buzzing with noise and light and parties and food and thousands of people would go there. Uh, George Stubbs has got a picture in it. There's a copy in the house at the moment, I believe, the original I think is in the National Gallery called Whistle Jacket. George Stubbs was the famous painter of horses. In fact, somebody could show me a painting and they go, who did that? And I'll go, Stubbs, because you can, you can spot his. Uh, also, they've got uh, Joseph uh, Nolikin's Diana, which is in the V&A Museum. It's just, it's just beautiful, just beautiful. So I don't have a problem, you know, that they, uh, they give £17.5 million to it. It's, it's a drop in the ocean, a real drop in the ocean. It, it won't go anywhere near... But it will help a little bit. They'll be able to do something. They'll be able to sort of prop up some of the rooms and make sure that underneath it's all shored up. But in, in the documentary, uh, they go underneath the house and you can see where it's where bits of it have dropped down. Imagine trying to build it. Trying to build, how much money it would have taken to build it. Anyway, more on that a little bit later. Uh, plus, of course, the rush hour driver caught eating breakfast at the wheels. Not the first one. We had some old biddy at Hampton Court, didn't we, about a year ago? Sitting there eating her cornflakes in a bowl whilst driving over Hampton Court Bridge. A more stupid person you'd be hard pushed to find. Uh, also, uh, the mum's outrage is a man who punches her baby outside a supermarket walks free. His excuse, which was not accepted by, by the judge, was that um, he thought it was a doll. He thought it was a doll. And he's named and shamed in the papers today. Uh, plus, uh, a man from Birmingham has been charged with two counts of possession of articles for terrorist purposes. The man who murdered the MP really doesn't seem to be remotely bothered by anything going on. Seriously. He couldn't, uh, he didn't, didn't enter any plea. Found guilty. He's going to die in prison. Good. Good. I don't know why we bother keeping people like that. Surely just some sort of lethal injection would solve the problem. If somebody's been found guilty beyond any shadow of a doubt, I realise that there can be mistakes made, but beyond any shadow of a doubt, this one, you know, was guilty of the crime. And an injection. Save us, you know. I mean, and also, do we call him a terrorist? He had all these books and uh, Nazi stuff. and na- He just cold-bloodedly went out, shot her and stabbed her. 14 times. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know what you'd do with somebody like that. I, I mean, I really don't know. When, when you look at the, the gun he had, he's just calmly seen on CCTV, even after he committed the crime, walking away quite casually like nothing had happened. I mean, she just... I don't know what the answer is to people like that. I mean, he's obviously not bothered by going to prison, is he? I mean, her husband, Brendan Cox... Um, They've been remarkably constrained, remarkably constrained. I'm not, uh, and I couldn't guarantee that I would be feeling exactly the same. I think they must be feeling gutted to think how that... I was, uh, I was only saying to the producer yesterday and today, I said, I hope it didn't take her long to die. I know that's an awful thing to say, but you didn't want her to suffer in any way, shape or form. But even while she was dying on the ground, she's urging her assistant to go away. She said, let him do anything to me, just not not to you. And I thought, my God... Anywhere else, that'd be a sainthood by now, wouldn't it? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Yesterday, I, I, I was watching only a little tiny bit of uh, Susanna Reid 
and Piers Morgan, and they had a guest on. I can't remember who it was, actually. I think it was Tony Blair's former right-hand man. I'm pretty certain that's who it was. Anyway, they, they were trying to get answers and uh, out of him. They weren't doing... It was Alistair Campbell, I think. Alistair Campbell was the guest. And, um, and at one point, obviously, they tried to wind the interview up. They tried to stop it. And so Piers is having a go at Alistair Campbell. It's all going quite well, actually. People shouting backwards and forwards and people talking over each other. And it's all very, all very interesting. And so Zadarit said, well, I'm sorry, we have to leave it there. The director says, or the producer says so-and-so. And Piers Morgan goes, well, we're not. He says, we're not finishing it there because I've not finished yet. And he, he, he rode roughshod over the producer. He must have been sitting there going, oh, I've now been made to look very silly. Because if you're doing a live programme, you can't all of a sudden go, right, we're now, we're now stopping that. Because you have to go naturally to a break and you've got to, you know, everybody's got to be informed. But if the presenter of the programme, who presumably is marginally more interesting than the producer of the programme yesterday morning, rides roughshod over you, you've made a calculated risk. Because Piers Morgan is far more expert than the producer. And that's why Piers said, no, we're not going, we're not finishing it. I haven't finished talking to him yet. I'll finish talking when I finish talking. And so he carried on. And Susanna Reid sat there thinking, oh, interesting. So now they'll all try. Every time they get the same producer on, they'll be walking all over him. <laughs> oh, dear. I love it. Uh, Prince Harry. Another photo. Boring, boring. Uh, how many times a day do you say, I'm fine? You know when somebody says, I get it all the time. How are you? And I go, I'm fine. You see, I get it all the time. Producer just said, you all right, Steve? Yeah. 14 times a day, apparently, people say it. 14 times a day. How are you? I'm fine. Eventually you go, I'm fine. All right. Do you know anything about, you know, illness? No, well, don't bother. Uh, Cheryl is pregnant. No kidding. No kidding, Hitler. Uh, she is pregnant. Apparently, Leanne Payne is the perpetrator of the crime. Not that either of them are aware of it. She's going, go, a baby, go, baby, and go back to Newcastle and show me friends. I've got baby in Pram. Look, 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 baby, baby. Not even married. Fantastic, isn't it? Class act. And the reason uh, it's been out of the bag, as they say, is the choreographer from The X Factor, Mr Friedman, uh, let slip that she's having a baby. So, of course, she can't deny it now, because obviously loads of people know. Perhaps she, she probably thinks she's being really secretive and all exciting, as opposed to being, you know, embracing it. She's obviously not embracing it at all. So we're going, ow, it hurts. I can feel it kicking. Oh, sorry, that's Yuli. I'm kicking me as well. And uh, so she's going to have Babby. It's going to be really exciting, isn't it? Not really. Rocco's a poor little Richie kid. Yes, uh, this is the... <sighs> Little old Rocco Ritchie. Best friend, Brooklyn Beckham. Oh, God, you hope not, don't you? I really do hope not. I hope that Brooklyn Beckham's not been influenced by anything Dipstick Rocco has come up with. Thank you very much indeed. I credit him with a bit more intelligence. And the fact that his parents would probably sort of break every bone in his body if ever he was caught. But that's what the kids of rich people do. They go off the rails. And they go, oh, that's all right. It's because they're, you know, because they're under a lot of pressure and stress. Whereas poor old Brooklyn just appears to go out on his little skateboard. And that's about it. But he was out with uh, Rocco's girlfriend. Rocco's got a serious girlfriend. And, uh, and uh, he was out with them the other day. Uh, Rocco's mother said she loves her son. And Guy Ritchie said nothing. Pathetic, isn't it, really? Didn't we have the, who was the adopted son of somebody from Pink Floyd? Swinging on the cenotaph. Charlie Gilmore's adopted son, and his mother's going, you know, we've got to get him out of prison. It's Charlie is the son, isn't he? Charlie Gilmore. Who's what? Dave is the dad. And, uh, and they, they, they were sort of saying, oh, we've got to get him out of prison, because he was swinging on the cenotaph and, you know, being disgusting. And, uh, and they were going, oh, no, we, he, he, you've got to get, we've got to help him. Help him? Help him? I'd have shown him. I'd have got all the soldiers that we've got in this country left just to walk all over him. He thinks he can walk over their, their graves, thank you very much indeed. So, you know, you get the same thing. 
from Rocco Ritchie, who thinks he's being really cool and really clever. Oh, yeah, because I've got a little bit of weed on me. And uh, we found the bag. So he just got the, uh, the, the, the roadside caution. He'll probably, listen, he'll be caught again. They don't just go, oh, right, I'll be caught by the police, I won't do it anymore. They'll just say, be careful. You know, if you're going out, make sure you don't take any with you. Ridiculous. I have read the book Black Diamonds, Kevin. Thank you very much indeed. The history of Wentworth Woodhouse. And uh, uh, the government, which was Manny Shinwell, uh, decided to dig up the grounds for coal. Underneath the house. Underneath the house. It goes right underneath it. You don't see anything like it. And the coal piled up at their, their front door. Ghastly man, Manny Shinwell. Really disgusting. Uh, the illegals defying the killer storm in a dinghy. On the night we had Storm Angus, there's some people in a dinghy. Luckily, their phones still worked. Phew, that was a bit lucky, wasn't it? And they were able to phone uh, as they sort of set it. Because they knew damn well, if you go in the, in the water, somebody will come out and rescue you. So they're here illegally. Uh, whether we get rid of them, I've got no idea. A top psychologist has suggested Santa Claus is not real. I'm sorry to break that to you. I don't know what sort of person that is. Actually, do you know, I see both sides of this story. I always have done. And I'm kind of caught, aren't I, between the devil and the deep blue sea. People who go, it is real. People who go, it's not real. And I can sit here, because I know there might be mummies with children listening to this programme. And they might be thinking, we don't hear a man on the radio saying it doesn't exist, even though come a few years' time we'll be telling them that. Um, so we, we have to go along with it. And I always say to little kids, but I think now kids are a bit wiser, aren't they? They're actually guessing that Father Christmas can't be delivering all the presents, can he? Sometimes he needs help from Mummy and Daddy. And Mummy and Daddy can help wrap things for him because the elves... I mean, to be honest with you, why the elves have never gone on strike, I've got no idea. They must be sick to death of it every blooming Christmas. How many toys? 46 billion? Sod off, Santa. We're not doing that. But he is on Twitter. He has, um, he has tweeted... This is at official Santa. At official Santa... And he, he does letters. Five weeks today is Christmas Eve. Oh, he doesn't tweet very regularly, does he? Oh, no, it's, got, it's not five weeks today, is it? It must be less than... Oh, it's the 19th. God, blimey, Santa Claus, pull your finger... No, he's probably really busy, isn't he? He's probably really busy. But you can get letters from him and everything else like that, which is quite nice. So they're, they're doing a, a countdown to, uh, to Christmas, but this was... Uh, a, f- a little while ago, 48 days of Christmas. This is a while ago, as you can well imagine. And, oh, my God, it's only 1,800 hours and all that kind of thing. They say you're never too old to be excited by Christmas. I know people who hate it. I seriously know people who cannot stand it. Luckily, those of us in radio, and it does tend to be those of us in radio, absolutely adore it. I get the feeling, though, I might be wrong. I might be wrong. I get the feeling that James O'Brien does not like Christmas. I think it's only the fact that he's married and he's got children, he has to like Christmas. I think he would be bar humbug sitting in the corner. You're going to help carve the turkey? Um, Pigs in blank? You can just see him. Give me another sherry. I'll have another sherry. (laughs) He's probably got a, a nice picture of... Tony Blair up in the corner decorated with tinsel or something like that. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if he does any of the wrapping in his house for Christmas. I've just got this feeling he doesn't. I, don't, I think he sits and reads a book. I've, I have a firm feeling that he sits and reads a book. And the wife does everything. She'll do the Christmas lunch. She'll wrap the presents. She'll have to go shopping for the presents. And he doesn't do anything like that. That would be, that would be somebody else's job. The staff. Uh, or something like that. <laughs> Whereas me, I, I embrace it. I give it all to my brother. And let him wrap things. If there's anything that needs wrapping and I can't be bothered to do it, I just, I take it down to him and dump it all off in the sitting room. I leave him some money to go and get paper and sellotape and that's it. You know, and he just, I I then have to write the labels. And uh, and then he just sticks the labels on there. But no, I often wondered last year why most of uh, the paper that he used to wrap his presents was also the paper he used to wrap my presents, which is nice. 
He does buy nice paper, actually. It's very good. Uh, Viv says, I'm not fine. A week after knee surgery and it hurts. It will do. Once those drugs start wearing off. Ow. 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 That does hurt, I know. When you, when you sort of... You, go, you remember I had this cyst on my neck and I've had a week of, um, of penicillin. And it's gone down quite considerably, but it's not gone completely. So I might have to go back to the doctor and get a repeat prescription. See if I can get another week's worth out of them. I always have to... You always have to try that, don't you? Is it possible to have a week's... No, some more um, tablet... Because you know, it's very useful, isn't it? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. 26 minutes to uh, five. Poor Angela. Blessings to you, Angela. Blessings. Blessings, blessings, blessings at Christmas, my sweet pea. Why do you just talk and make up stories? Meghan Markle's been doing humanitarian work for years. You're obviously not listening, Angela. Get some new batteries in those aids of yours, love. OK, I wasn't talking about that. I was talking about this specific thing. This specific thing. If you didn't hear that, then you really are as dumb as I think you are. And she says, uh, also, she doesn't need Harry to help her along. What planet are you on, love? Blessings again. Blessings to you. And uh, she says, she's educated, powerful, professional and beautiful. What a patronising person you are. Beautiful? You, is that how you define things now? By beauty? And, and powerful? She's not beautiful um, or powerful. She's just, a, just an average person who's an actress in America. And the thing I was talking about was done six months ago. Listen properly and then people won't laugh at you. We don't want people to think about you as being a bit simple. Jason says the scumbag who killed Joe Cox should be charged under the Terrorism Act. Hang him. And that other piece of scum who killed the gay men he met on Grinder. Do you know it's getting worse? It is getting worse. And all we're doing, we just hang on to these people in prison forever and a day. I mean, luckily, the person who, who killed Joe Cox will never be released from prison. They've said he'll die in prison. He's not bothered. He's not bothered. I'm hoping that he comes to some serious harm, but that's just me thinking out the box, I'm afraid. You know, thinking if that was my mother, if that was a relative of mine, I'd be thinking awful things. I'm afraid, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, the, the, these people, that there is no deterrent for them, is there? There is absolutely no deterrent. Nothing at all. And the, uh, the piece of scum who killed the gay men he met on Grinder, he gave them drugs and, uh, and they died as a result. And, uh, and th- they think there could be as many as 50. They think there could be as many as 50 people. They don't know, though, because some of these people, you know, only emerge in the twilight hours. He found them on, uh, on dating websites and stuff like that. Some of them were working as rent boys. In fact, one of them went out having, having texted his friend, I think I'm going to be killed. You know, and I always think if you're going out anywhere and you're meeting somebody, you don't know them, do you? A friend of mine has been on some of these dating websites. He's met some really odd people. I mean, seriously, people. One of them who actually ended up robbing him, robbing him blind. We had somebody who worked for LBC years ago who met somebody and they stabbed him in the eye. I mean, seriously, you've got to be so careful going out there. You really have. There's enough ill people. Enough ill people. Uh, Prancer says uh, it's not just Santa that tweets. I find it slightly disturbing that somebody is pretending to be a reindeer, you know. I mean, obviously, you're on some sort of medication. I'm assuming you must be top end of the game. You can't be just on any... So it's got to be serious medication if you seriously believe that you're a reindeer. And also, I'd rather hear from Donna and Blitzen, to be honest with you. Prancer, you're way down my list, mate. Way down my list. Uh, your Christmas is on LBC, says uh, Gem Gem on LBC. It was a great fixture, a party worth attending. Yes, I, I always agree that it is a party worth attending. And uh, I thought that was an alternative Christmas, lamb and mint. Also a Christmas carol, says Joe. What the dickens is that about? It's an old gag, but it's worth using on this programme this way. We only use re- recycled things, but I did love... I wonder if I can find it, actually. I wonder if I can find it. I bet I can't, actually. I was, I was too busy trying to read stuff about the jungle earlier on. And, uh, and still, little Ola Jordan 
They're not bothering with her anymore. They're seriously not bothering. They don't print pictures of her. We've, we've seen the picture under the shower. She doesn't contribute. She's bland. They said she's so bland, she blends in with the, with the flora and fauna out there. That's how dull she is. But, you know, what can I say? Look at the husband. <laughs> the BBC has been caught using fake sound effects on planet Earth. Dozens of viewers have blasted the authenticity of the second series after hearing a host of questionable noises, such as a jaguar crunching a caiman's skull and a millipede's footsteps. But they always have to... I mean, who are these stupid people who write in? I mean, you know, it's, it all has to be done, doesn't it? They have to enhance things. Otherwise, you wouldn't probably hear it. And you get stupid people who write in. The simpletons of this world. The people who sit there staring into the distance saying, I wish I had an elephant to talk to. You know, they're, the, they're, they're those sort of dumbos that we have to put up with in this country. The ones who write and complain at the drop of a hat about, you know, I, I, I bought my cereal the other day and it was Rice Krispies and I listened to it and I've, I have recorded the sound of the milk on it and it certainly does not go snap, crackle and pop. You know, and they are the stupids of this world. Uh, also, they're not washing enough in the jungle. Oh, well, there you go. That's it. Uh, you know, I always thought that, but I didn't really care. And the top psychologist, Dr Christopher Boyle, has uh, found himself at the top of the naughty list after suggesting Santa Claus is not real. Dr Christopher even said parents could be doing their children long-term damage by telling them about Father Christmas. Don't be so stupid, Chris. Don't be so stupid. Girl, blimey, nothing as dim as so-called psychologists, are they? I think you could be damaging your children by telling them this in the future. What sort of damage do you think, love? What sort of damage, eh? He says... uh, His study, published in The Lancet, accepts it may be sometimes right to lie to protect kids from uncomfortable truths, but not for Christmas. Oh, God. You'll be telling me next. I mean, why would you pick on Father Christmas? How about the baby in the manger? Why don't you start on that one? Or or do you not bother with that one, because that's going to offend, you know, just about everybody? He said all children will eventually find out they've been consistently lied to for years. (laughs) But it doesn't work. You don't just wake up one day and you go... Oh, I've been lied to for years by my parents. You just accept... I mean, you really must be crummy, mustn't you? As I say, do, do the baby in the manger and the three wise men, love. Let's see how you, how you come out after that one. What is the matter with these people? Why would you want to ruin Christmas for everybody? Because he's miserable. Because he's miserable. Because he's lonely. And because he just seems to think he needs to make a name for himself. Oh, look, Megan cooking a turkey. Blessings. Blessings on you, uh, Alison. Blessings. Uh, again, because Megan has uh, cooked the turkey crown. Actually, I think she's cooked a bit more than the than the turkey crown. It looks like uh, an awful lot of it. An awful lot of it. Um, another one here. Uh, oh, there's a picture, sorry, old Prince Harry again. Because she really needs him. Blessings. She really needs him. And, um, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of kids who are going to be really annoyed, Christopher, the psychologist, that the kids don't get frankincense and myrrh every year. Baby Jesus got it. Why didn't we get it? What is frankincense and myrrh? Egyptian scrabble, something like that. They all turn up with, I've got some frankincense for you. I mean, to be honest with you, what they'd be doing, as you well know, is by the time they got that gold in, booking into the Bethlehem Hilton. Why would you want to stay in a drafty old stable with cows pooing everywhere and sheep and and all that kind of rubbish? Get us into the Hilton. Uh, We haven't got any room. What do you mean you haven't got any room? I've got gold. I'll buy the place. Kick them all out. That's what you do. Myrrh. I think myrrh is, um, is it something you rub on or something? Like an embrocation, I think. And frankincense is a, is a smelly thing as well. They, was all, they were always dowsing themselves into smelly things. Uh, I've got a picture of myrrh, actually. It's a natural gum. It's a perfume, an incense and a medicine. Fat lot of use, that is. I'm sorry. 
uh, we are here to see the baby Jesus and we brought you some medicine. We don't want medicine. Wait, listen, the baby's been born. It's in, it's, you can get frankincense oil. It's about three ninety nine if you get the resin, but the actual oil is about five ninety six. Used in aromatherapy. It's for chronic stress and anxiety. I would have thought, actually, that Mary would have had enough by that time. Nutty wise men turning up on blooming camels just to add to the poo that's all over the place. They must have been wearing their Wellington boots for the whole of the festive season. Otherwise, how do they get out of there? And uh, it's nice. It's used for inflammation. It boosts immunity and even fights cancer. I don't think there was cancer in biblical times. I don't remember reading about that. Was that ever mentioned in the paper? I don't think so. But uh, you can get it organically for, fa- for nine quid. That's just where somebody stuck the label saying organic, and you don't know, do you? You just go, oh, it's organic. That's no, not really. We're just telling you it is. Uh, or you can get gold, Frank. See, the gold bit would be the bit I want. I'd be down the latest, you know, the, the Bentley dealer, dealers in Bethlehem getting the turbocharged Bentley round, getting the kid in the back, you know, saying to the wise men, thank you, goodbye, and shooting off. So go somewhere else, go to Galilee. Far more entertaining. Nothing in Bethlehem, nothing to do. Seriously, not a kebab shop open, nothing. So that's what you want to do with, with the gold. Buy somewhere nice. Not this. St- they always make it look so nice, don't they? The stable, and, and it's all beautifully lit with can. The place would have been on fire. The place would have been on fire. One of the donkeys would have knocked over the candle. They'd be rushing outside. It's just, you know, it's not the best thing ever. But, of course, better to pick on poor old Father Christmas. Uh, what else has Megan done here? And so here she is. She's doing um, uh, a foodie blog. She says, can I do it again? The pressure is on. It's putting a bird in the oven. That's it. And uh, and she cooked the Thanksgiving turkey. I bet she didn't. But somebody else cooked it for her and then took a photograph of it. But uh, blessings, Alison. Uh, Steve, uh, there's a new one coming up uh, on uh, Vienna. Empire, Dynasty and Dream coming to BBC Four. Didn't even know there was a BBC Four. That's still going, is it? The preview, says David, looks spectacular. Lovely. Uh, Cliff and Christmas carols. He sang Little Town of Bethlehem. Heard it once. It became my all-time favourite. Gives me goosebumps. Uh, somebody says, will you be taking phone calls on Christmas Day? I don't know. I don't know. I have to decide, actually. I always sort of, I think about it. And then, I don't think I did last Christmas. I can't remember, actually. I can't remember. I'm, I'm ridiculous uh, about these things. Sometimes I do it. Sometimes I, I don't. Uh, another one here. Uh, oh, sorry, it's Angela, not Alison. Alice, uh, Angela Blessings. And uh, another one here, which says, which says, which I have to keep pushing buttons here. And uh, I said, bar humbug is lamb and mint. Oh, right. Lovely. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, you don't have to explain jokes to me. Seriously, I'm, I'm, I'm quite adult enough. Uh, Jamie says, if you find out what medication that lady is on who thinks she's a reindeer, could you let me know? I think I'd like some of that. Well, actually, I'm, I was thinking of contacting Rocco Ritchie and asking him if he thinks today he's a humbug or a reindeer or just a complete and utter buffoon. <laughs> Uh, Charles Dickens goes up to the bar. I haven't said it yet. I haven't done it. Charles Dickens goes up to the bar and he says to the barman, I've got writer's block. Pour me a drink. And the bar says, olive or twist? Olive or twist? OK. Doesn't get any worse. <laughs> Unfortunately, it doesn't get any better either. It doesn't matter. Uh, who's going to um, who rescue Carol Vorderman? They think she could be the first one out. They thought she could be the first one out. I'm hoping for Ola Jordan because she is so boring. I mean, so dull, so uninteresting, so so nothing at all. Uh, Ian's off to Grand Canary this morning. Oh, you poor soul. What have you done to deserve that? Oh, dear, you must have been really naughty. Really, really naughty. Uh, another Man City star. This is David White, the latest footballer to accuse a paedophile coach of abusing him. So far, 11 have come forward. And they reckon that there could be, uh, there could be more. 
and uh, says, I bought a smart TV on YouTube. I typed in EastEnders old. It was great to see all the old cast and how they are now. Bit of fun. Yeah, I like I like the old the old people on EastEnders. It's changed, hasn't it? You know why? You know why? It's because they bring in different writers and different writers try and add different things to it. I'm not saying it definitely works all the time. Uh, what have we got here? Oh, a lovely picture of Mylene Class wearing her underwear. That's all she seems to do, isn't it? Go on holiday and wear underwear. Life must be quite dull. And do you remember the, the story of the woman of 73 shot on her doorstep? And I remember thinking at the time, oh, dear me, that's obviously mistaken identity. It turns out not to be. Apparently, this is the gran of a gang boss who once left a grenade at Kenny Dalgleish's home. Valerie Bradley was fired at four times. Uh, by masked men on a motorcycle. Only one bullet hit her, breaking her leg, and she should make a full recovery. That's what happens when you're the gran of a gang boss, I suppose. Every time you step outside your door, there's people wanting to take a pot shot at you. Uh, her son is notorious Liverpool drug lord Trevor Bradley, and her grandson is Kirk Bradley, serving a life sentence for leading an underworld racket responsible for several shootings. Bit of a shame, Valerie Bradley, isn't it, really? I'd watch it the next time you step outside the door. Next time you might not be so lucky. 73, not likely to make it to 74. But there again, that's your family. Welcome to them. Won't be seeing them on Family Fortunes anytime soon, will we? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Ten to five is the time. The battle for the Christmas number one is on. But, of course, there's a new name entered the frame, isn't there? So far, you've got uh, Gareth Malone, who did very well in 2011 with the Military Wives. They've got their own thing coming out this year. James Corbyn could be out. Um, I think also, um, last year, Lewisham and Greenwich NHS Choir did well. Justin Bieber also could be there. And James Shinny Davenport. We'll add to that now. Cliff Richard, who's got a Christmas single out. I want... And Honey G, but, I mean, who gives a flying forex about Honey G? Poor old soul, honestly. I'm so glad to see her back without the stupid hat on. Uh, without, the, I mean, she's an old woman. She can't rap. She can't actually do anything. Just just off. Do one. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, also, uh, guys, Cliff, as I say, I wonder if the Cliff fans will push that record so that all of a sudden Cliff enters the charts at Christmas. That would be nice, wouldn't it? That would be very nice. What have we got here? Oh, we found, uh, we found somebody who thieved. This is uh, Betty Davidson. Betty Davidson is or was a dinner lady. And um, she worked at this school for 20 years, Betty Davidson did. And uh, she started taking money from a meals prepayment machine in 2007. She was responsible for emptying the machine and accounting and banking the cash. But over a number of years, she thieved £100,000. She's just a common, cheap thief. That's all she is. In one instance, she took £17,000 from the machine. It was only when a finance director looked into the accounts at the school in Harrogate that her dishonesty was uncovered. She admitted stealing 98000 was jailed for 16 months. A spokesman for the school said, we were shocked to find she betrayed our trust. She's just a common little tea leaf. That's all she is. I mean, to be honest with you, stealing 100000 jail for, for 16 months. <coughs> Excuse me, it's not enough. Should have been ten years. Ten years. Taking away everything in the house. She's just a thief. Just nothing. She's nothing more than a cheap, common thief because she gambled. Ridiculous, isn't it? Uh, 84850, uk. I'm off um, to the Brussels chips, chocolate and beer in that order. Looking forward to the Christmas markets. Very picturesque, says Tracy. They are. They seem to do them better, don't they, abroad? Because it always works, you know, when you've got snow on the ground. Apparently in Cumbria they've got snow. If you're listening in Cumbria at the moment, you've done very well. 
Very well. You've got a little bit of snow, so people are skiing a little bit earlier. I never thought about Cumbria and skiing. Uh, Steve, the vast majority of natural history footage, says Matt, is shot mute and the sound effects are added in afterwards. It's always been like that. If you're shooting a rare animal on a long lens from a long way away, it's difficult to get good natural sounds from a long distance. Another Daily Mail fuss about nothing. Of course, they always enhance things. They enhance loads of things. It's always... It's, they're making a television programme. What do you think they're blooming well doing? So annoying, honestly. It's just it's just ridiculous. But, of course, it's the people who complain on Twitter. Something the matter with them, isn't it? Oh, why has that gone like that? Oh, it's a bit bizarre. Wait a minute. What's happening here? Wait a minute. So, if I go... Wait a minute. I've lost something here. Why is it... Sorry, the uh, the computer's playing silly beggars all by itself. I don't know why. Uh, Dexter and Guy are listening this morning, which is very nice. That's good. I don't know what I've done with my computer. I think I've I've done something odd to it. I can't work out what I've done. Wait a minute. Let me go. Yes, I've I've sort of I've only got half of the stream in. I don't know why I've got half the stream. I can't quite work out why I've, I've lost half of you. They're not they're not missing. They are there. It's just that they've fallen underneath. Wait a minute. You watch. He's going to open the door, and I'm going to. Oh, now I've completely lost it. Look, isn't that odd? I've only got half of one there. Mm. Yeah, I didn't understand what that was either. Oh, what did you do? What did you? Oh, right, refreshed. Use the little wheel. Oh, okay, use the little wheel. <laughs> Wheels on the bus go round and round, round and round, round and round. Honey G is a businesswoman, Steve. She knows exactly what she's doing. Well, I certainly wouldn't be buying into it any time soon. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Absolutely ridiculous. She's now saying that um, it's not fair to keep knocking her, says Stuart in Chatham. God, honestly. Chatham, I ask you. Chatham. She's very entertaining and keeping the X Factor alive. She shows how talented she is every single week. Are you on medication or something? Are you on something? I mean, are you on... Are they legal drugs or are they illegal drugs? I can always tell if it's... if it's. Um, this is one who says... Uh, he, he thinks that Chatham is the jewel in the Medway crown. <gasps> oh, Stuart is the same one who says not everybody visited by bailiffs are criminal and benefit cheaters. Yes, they are. Of course they are. They're people who've thieved. They should be taken out and shot. Stuart. That's why. Like you being in Chatham and then telling people about it. You should be shot as well. Everybody should be shot living in Chatham. I wouldn't even go to Chatham. I don't even know where it is. It's always, it sounds like a long way away down down that way somewhere, is it? Down the temp North Kent. Oh, it's horrible. Apparently the producer says it's horrible, so there you go, Stuart. Obviously not much hope for you. If you really think that Honey G's entertaining, your life must be so dull. We might need to give you help. I think. And whenever friends of ours had a newborn, we'd go round and present them with Terry's All Gold, a pack of frankincense joysticks, and a bottle of Moet. And before you write in and say, it's Moe, no, it's not, it's Moet. OK? Just so I'd tell people that. Because some people get very confused about pronunciation. They think it's pronunciation to start with. Uh, Steve, read the internet app hookup, says Fion. Why is common sense going out the window when meeting people on internet dating sites as people still appear to be streetwise with strangers? Well, they're not. That's it. I mean, how many times have we seen people who've gone round? We had an ex-copper the other day who went round to some bloke's house for a bit of, how's your father? Ended up being cut into pieces by him. I mean, hello? These are people you... And he went, oh, but I thought he was into that, that, kind of, uh, that kind of sex. What sort of people are these? I mean, seriously, I'm, I'm worried. Don't, I mean, I know people go on apps. I know how common it is. I understand exactly how it works. Because people do things that I'd rather stay single than sort of go out there and risk some of these nutters that are out there in the community. Really terrible. Apparently, Chatham says, Ian, with the twins, it's full of old brasses and old sailors. Oh, dear me. Oh, crikey. And um, uh, I thought this is funny. There's a Steve Allen fan page on Facebook. Nothing to do with me. 
Nothing to do with me at all. One guy said him and his mates have made a drinking game that they play whilst listening. They take a shot every time you insult a Z-list celebrity. Apparently they get slaughtered by the end of the show. I'm amazed they make the end of the show. I would have thought just generally about the first half an hour you could be three sheets to the wind. Far more entertaining. And also, you, you've kind of answered your own question. Z-list. So when it was announced that Spencer Matthews was going into the jump, obviously he can't get any other work at all. And, and now Vogue Williams. Claim to fame, she was married to Brian McFadden. And that apparently makes her famous. Brian, the fat boy, fat McFadden, who was also with Kerry Coke Toner at one time. I think he's got children with Kerry Coke Toner. What a class act they turn out to be. And, uh, and then Vogue Williams, model. I did like the picture in the paper today. It's very rare that I enjoy a picture in the paper. But this is yesterday, while, while people were listening to the, uh, the budget in Parliament. one thirty. so he, he was on his feet from 12.30. one thirty. Uh, the moment he got to his feet, Labour MPs suddenly found an urgent need to pick up their telephone. And they've got a picture of a load of people. And there's literally one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven... 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 MPs all of a sudden on their telephones during an important speech. They're all here. They'll be named and shamed in the papers for today. Dreadful, isn't it, really? Literally all of them on their, their telephones. I can't, I can't recognise who, who some of them are, but they're just literally... They're, they're not even bothering with a speech. They're just sort of going down and sort of seeing what's on the, on the telephone. I don't know. Not so good, is it? Uh, What the Chancellor didn't do is, of course, NHS, air passenger duty, stamp duty, social care, uh, budget move to the autumn, lowest business tax in uh, G20. And the debts, they say, are eye-watering and countless are homeless. So was it wise for the Chancellor to give your millions to save Britain's biggest house? And the answer is yes. Uh, Labour always hated this, uh, this place. Uh, throughout the years, the Georgian Palace, Wentworth Woodhouse. Look at the pictures in the paper. It's absolutely amazing. They were looking for an offer of £7 million, uh, but the Trust still had to produce the money. Pledges had come from several charitable foundations. It's a very, very important house in terms of this country. But Labour never liked it. They never liked it. That's, uh, that's the vile Manny Shinwell. And, uh, and I did like the idea that comic actor David Walliams has four shows on Christmas uh, on television. It's said to be worth 16 million. And uh, Matt Lucas, they say, went off the radar uh, after the, uh, the demise of his ex-partner. And he said, I'm destroyed. Lucas was the dominant partner in the act, but Walliams has exploited the TV fans more astutely by writing a series of highly lucrative children's books. Reverend Richard Coles, the clergyman star of Saturday Live on a radio station and a confirmed bachelor, says his passion in life is Daxon's. I never got into Daxons at all. I'm terribly sorry. He was one of the communards, wasn't he? And now he's, now he's a reverend. And, of course, the BBC will stick anybody on there, I suppose. Pretty women prefer gay men friends, as we head towards the news at uh, five o'clock. And um, the Santa fib can damage your child, says academics. You'd think the spoil sports, says the papers, had better things to research. Exactly. And also the baguette that fits in your bag. It's sort of... It's like sort of round. It's like the letter U upside down. The 12 little words that will transform your life. Pal of Cheryl says she is up the duff. Lovely. Uh, The illegals defying the killer storm in a dinghy that they've got here. Luckily, their phones were still working. Uh, Rocco's a poor little Richie kid. He's also immensely stupid. Savile's sex scandal will hit football next. And uh, Freddie Starr spends his days singing Elvis Presley songs 
in a karaoke bar. But the good news is that Megan has cooked her own turkey. And that's super news. I knew you'd love it. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, it's really nice to be company. Thursday, 24th of November. Uh, a second England ace has come forward, sexually abused by a coach. If you look back at this story, the coach who perpetrated the crimes is out of prison. These boys must have... Their identities were obviously kept secret. I wonder why now they've decided to come out. I can't quite work out why. Because this man who perpetrated the crime, who went to prison for it, served eight or nine years, um, he's been out of prison for ages. I think he's living in Milton Keynes. I think that's what they said. And so now all of a sudden somebody comes forward and now there are other people who've actually come forward. They say it, it, it could get bigger and bigger. All these parents who sent their kids off to these uh, camps for football now not looking so good, I'm afraid. FIFA is also probing fans for wearing poppies. Oh, go away, FIFA, you silly bunch of girls. I'm so bored with people. Honestly, it's a poppy. It's a poppy. Just get over it. Honestly, there's enough problems within FIFA without trying to pick on our war dead. Thank you very much indeed. And the uh, and the sacrifice that they gave. The rush hour driver caught eating breakfast at the wheel. You can't believe somebody is that stupid, but believe you me, there is. Well, you know there is. You watch television. Uh, Martine says, why don't we deport these individuals who don't believe in Father Christmas to a desert island? I agree. I agree. <laughs> I absolutely agree with you. Uh, the Antarctic ice has hardly melted in a hundred years. Who said that? Scott. Scott's logbook says it's hardly melted in a hundred years. I mean, apparently it's so deep, the ice. Isn't there one part of Antarctica? I seem to remember some years ago, there was a feature that we had. They found a hidden sea under the ice. But it's something like 20 miles down or so, whatever it is. The ice is so dense that it's about 20 miles down. I think that's, I think that's what they said it was. And I remember thinking, how exciting. It sort of brings to mind Jules Verne's journey to the centre of the Earth to be even more realistic, that you go into a volcano, you go down one of the magma tunnels, and when you emerge the other end, you're in another world. I mean, it was so fantastic as children to read things like that. When somebody tells me that they've done these geophysics and they can see this lake, this, this sea, under, I mean, it could have a microclimate. There could be animals living down there in, in a huge, I suppose, like a giant cave. I mean, is it actually sloshing around? I mean, how, how would it work? 20 miles down in the ice. Sounds very exciting, doesn't it, really? Uh, also, Anne Frank signed poem. I told you about this the other day. Uh, it's now sold for £120,000. I mean, that would be something to have, would it not? Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, a lot of people um, who are listening to the programme saying, are you sure somebody was seriously eating breakfast? Yes. Yes. And uh, they, they were driving along. They were driving along. Uh, Vince says, I'm an ex-paratrooper, trained as a close protection officer. I'm offering my services. Uh, uh, references available. The way you slag people, you've got to need security. No, never ever, strangely enough. No, never ever. Obviously not a very well-trained ex-paratrooper, if you seriously think that uh, slagging people off needs security. Good God, no. We need to tell the truth. Don't tell lies about people, only tell the truth. That's why, as I say, you're obviously not very well trained at all, if you seriously think. I've been doing this for 40 years. Didn't just wander in from the top of a Christmas tree, thank you very much indeed. Unlike your good self, probably. Vitamin D tablets, not very good for you now. They've said only certain people benefit. I don't know what vitamin D do. Oh, well, I know what they do. They sell it for bones and things like that. And uh, unless you're generally very elderly, it's of no use to anybody else at all. Just get some sunshine. 
Sunshine gives you vitamin D. That's OK. Uh, also, um, the kids. If you if you saw money on the... I mean, I would have done it years ago, but not now. If I saw a penny on the floor, I could... If I saw a 5p on the floor, I wouldn't pick that up either. If it was a £5 note, I'd pick it up straight away. But uh, a pound coin? Yeah, I'd pick a pound coin up. I'd pick a pound coin up. I went to put some money... You know, I, I save my money every day. I put all my loose change in plastic cups and I had five plastic cups full of change the other day because if, if I go in to buy something I know it seems really naff doesn't it if I go to buy something I don't start hunting around for coins counting them out I always give a note because I can't be bothered to sort of faff around with some oh, 10 12 oh I haven't got enough is a note I give them a note to start with and it works much better and then every so often I go and change the coinage up into into proper money and I use one of these Coinstar machines. And you find them in various supermarkets. Sainsbury's have them. Other people probably might have them as well. But I've only ever found them in Sainsbury's. And I went there yesterday. And I was pouring my money into the machine. And then after it, 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 you, you finish, you push a button, it plays catch-up. Make sure you push the right button. Otherwise, you donate to charity. And if, you, if you've saved up that money. So yesterday, I had £150. £152, I think. But it threw back about £30 in pound coins, which wouldn't go through, which made me think that they're probably fake. Because they do say, is it one in four coins is fake now that's doing the rounds? And I remember looking... Sorry, I'm going to have to stand up here. Because I was, I was looking the other day at some of the coins that came back. And some of them looked a little bit dodgy. <laughs> but I wasn't sure if they were dodgy. I can't tell. Seriously, I know they're supposed to be something, isn't there? But, I mean, they're very... Is that a fake... Might be, I don't know. I mean, seriously, it might be, but it might not be. I just wouldn't, I wouldn't know. And also some £2 coins came back. Don't tell me they've started doing £2 coins as well. I couldn't cope with that. At least they can't do the fivers. At least they can't do the fivers. £2 coin. what, fake £2 coins? Are there? Well, some of mine came back the other day. But you know what, you know what people tend to do? I know it's a bit naughty, but the moment you find a fake coin... Actually, I found one here, actually. This is a fake coin. Um... It sounds the same as the other one. Look, does this sound the same to you? If, you, if you're listening in DAB, listen, this is, this is the fake one. This is the real one. All right, so the second one makes a longer noise, but... First one's fake. It doesn't vibrate as much. There must be something in it. But I, I always pass them on to other people. It's a bit naughty, isn't it? I'm sorry, I shouldn't have told you that, actually. I feel, I feel like a criminal. I should be taken out and shot. That I do, you know, if, if I, because I, th- I thought somebody's given it to me, I'm going to get rid of it to somebody else. Which is what everybody does nowadays. It's like people, I went into somewhere, did I go the other day? I put some money on a card, I think. And, um, and they actually had the audacity to put one of those pens across each note I'd given them to see if they were real. That really annoys me. I feel like saying, I'm sorry. Do I look like I'm passing fake notes? It's when they hold them up to the light. They hold them up to the light and you think... It's like £50 notes in a, in a lot of places. Because the people on the till are of junior age, they're not allowed to take a £50 note without going, £50 notes! And then somebody has to come over and they, and they look at it. I thought, you can run your fingers over a £50 note, you know, if it's real. It's not like a fiver or, a, you know, a tenner. But now they're bringing in all the fivers. Much, much better, actually. And uh, Andrew says, the listeners who challenge your pronunciation of Moet are probably off their faces on Lambrini. Yes, I agree. Well, we don't want to do that, do we? Lambrusco. They were, they were trying to make out that that's the new Prosecco. That, pff, not in my household, it's not. Uh, the trick is fake coins don't bounce. OK, Martin says, due to my weird condition, uh, I have to take vitamin D tablets as my skin can't metabolise vitamin D from the sun. I mean, how long do you need to sit in the sun to get the benefits of vitamin D? I mean, do you need to sit there for like 10 years? 
Is that, would that be the thing you have to do? You have to sit there in the sun and go, oh, that's fine, I don't need my tablets anymore. Because I know that you can go into high street places, which are called health food shops, inferring all the other ones must be unhealthy food shops. And, uh, and people, you know, take fish oil tablets, cod liver... We used to take cod liver oil tablets when we were kids. We also used to take that stuff to make us regular. I didn't like that at all, actually. I don't find you get the same effect with chilli con carne, but it doesn't matter. Uh, Elaine says, I'm celebrating my 60th birthday today. Looking forward to having a tea party with our grandchildren. Jellies have been made. The past the parcel has been wrapped. It's like a second childhood. Pass the parcel. Do you, remember, do you know, simple games. When we were children, and I, I include all of you... Definitely, uh, definitely not, not, you know, not just me. But we used to play Pass the Path. How simple was that? How simple? Vince reckoned he's very highly, highly trained. <sighs> yeah, whatever. We don't believe you. I've asked, I've asked, he doesn't think you're highly trained either. We reckon if we were both in Afghanistan, we'd survive more because we'd run faster. We, we, well, we wouldn't necessarily run. We'd be sort of, uh, sorry, British broadcasters. Hello? Hello. <laughs> Get the hell out as quick as possible. And uh, um, apparently uh, the way to tell is if the Queen's head is the same way up as the other side. Same way up as the other side. That doesn't help because most of the time it hasn't got anything on the other side, you fool. This one just looks odd to me. This one looks like... I'm dead. Perhaps because it looks so odd, it isn't. In fact, actually... What coin this is? I don't even think this is British. I think this is something else. It's got a picture of somebody on it, but I don't know who it is. It could, could be Queen Beatrice of the Netherlands. I might have some foreign coin. It's the same, looks the same sort of size as our one, but it's, uh, it's obviously not. But somebody's going to be getting that today. <laughs> Wish I hadn't told you that now. Uh, Ian says, you never saw Judith Chalmers with rickets, did you? Some self-service tills in supermarkets won't take a £50 note, says Martine. And, uh, and uh, Neil... Says, eating your breakfast at the wheel, snap, crackle and pop. Yeah. And Mark says, how do you get rid of your coins if you only spend your notes? Well, I don't. I, I, sort of, um, I sort of save all the coins and then I hang on to a few in my pocket. But mainly, I'll do it. I mean, the last time I saved them up for ages and I had about £400 in, in coins. I mean, that's everything. Pennies, 20 pences, 50 pence pieces, everything. I just save it because I, I spend most of my time as they will tell you in my uh, in my dry cleaners, well, it's not my dry cleaners, uh, that, in fact, I, I have all my pockets reinforced because coinage goes through them fairly quickly. Uh, Steve says, Malcolm, if you watch The Chase, it always ends with the pharmacist from Lloyd's, the sponsor, asking the question, and how are you today? <laughs> I like that idea, actually. I like the idea that people always ask, how are you? I went to Welling and Dartford. It was a nightmare, says Jack, from near Guildford. There seems to be an attitude with a lot of people. I've never been. I've never been. It's never, never interested me. You've been. Producer's been. But there again, he has to. Uh, Johnny says, to see if it's a fake, look at the head. Turn it around. If it's offset, it's fake. Well, the, the picture on this one here, it's not... I don't even know who it is. Should I take a picture and tweet it for you? That's, I should take a... I mean, it, it's seriously... It isn't the Queen on this thing. And I don't know. I think this thing has been a different shape and then somebody's trying to round off the edges. That's why it looks so bizarre. If I could take a picture and then... And then you, you, you would know if I tweeted it. It's at Steve Allen Show, by the way. I don't, I don't want to get things wrong. And I do get things. Somebody would probably say to me, oh, that's a coin from, uh, from wherever. Let's have a look. Uh, here we go. You're probably fine. We can't actually do that. Ah, wait a minute. There you go. Do you know, honestly, I'm, I'm getting so much better at tweeting now. And ever since they brought out the app whereby, because if you handshake, take your picture, this, this adjusts it so it doesn't shake. 
So I'm now going to put down, is this real? Typed in teal, honestly. Thank God for predictive text, eh? Not. Let's tweet it. You have a look at it. You you let me know if you think that's real. Somebody will tell me, oh, that's the Dutch 30 pence or something. I don't know what it is. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. You know what I forgot to do at the beginning of the programme? I do apologise for uh, for those people who are listening in America. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Turkey Day. Uh, and then Obama did pardon a turkey. Of course, they'll probably kill it tomorrow, I should imagine. You know, all these things that go, yeah, because, I mean, I can't tell the difference between one turkey and another. Every Christmas is always something, isn't it? I said before that we've had animals who escape from the abattoir and they go, oh, let them go. No, let them all go. You don't want to go to an abattoir. You, don't, you know, little piggies and things like that. This little piggy went to market. That's what we used to joke about, didn't we? We used to say, this little piggy went to market. This, that means they're going to kill it. This little piggy stayed at home. That means it's not fat enough. This little piggy liked roast beef, so he's definitely dying. And this little piggy went, wee, 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 all the way home because he was incontinent. And that's how it works, isn't it? And yet when we say this little piggy went to market, we look at it as some... It's really cute, isn't it? No, they're going to kill it. You're going to be eating it. I had bacon yesterday, actually. I don't know why. I've, I've become quite lazy with cooking. I'm not, I'm not sort of cooking as much as I used to. Not that I ever cooked. I'm not a, I'm not a cooking person. People sort of worry about it. They say, well, what, what was the last thing you cooked? I went, I don't know, mashed potato. And they go, do you not cook anything? I go, no. What I tend to do, my idea of, of sort of dinner is very simple. Uh, if I was doing something, I think I did it a couple of days ago, uh, I cut up some chipolatas, 97% meat. Anything less than that, as far as I'm concerned, is not good enough. And I don't want to, uh, sausages filled with things. So chipolatas cut up, uh, only little. And I put some mushrooms in, fry that off, sometimes with onions, but I can't really be bothered. Uh, so I don't bother with onions. And then uh, then I get some ready-made mashed potato. You don't think I'm seriously going to be peeling potatoes at my time of life, do you? No, ready-made oh. mashed potato. You get three big tubs for it in Marks and Spencer's for a fiver. So I think that's actually actually quite cheap. Half of that in the in the pot with the lid on, steam it. And so the mashed potato then melts down and it becomes this gunk. Um, but it tastes quite nice. And then just add to it onion gravy which comes ready-made. You just cut the top up, pour it in there, and then wait till that starts bubbling, and then serve it up. It's delicious. Delicious. I mean, it's probably really bad for you, but as far as I'm concerned, that's fine. Uh, Wonderful, says Mick. All these spoilers to tell us Santa Claus doesn't exist really annoy me. There is nothing, nothing, like the excitement and expectation of the children as they wait for the jolly one to arrive. Well, he never arrived in our household till we were asleep. You know, for ages. Philip in Bournemouth... That's God's waiting room, isn't it? Uh, it? says, I saved 20 pence and £2 coins. I haven't spent them since they came in circulation. I buy premium bonds with them. So now it goes into a savings account. Oh, I haven't I thought, I thought about that. They always say to win, the, to win big on the premium bonds, you need to have 20,000 quid's worth. Most of the million pound winners are people who have 20,000 pounds worth. But uh, I don't. They were talking earlier on about having um, um, pensions. And uh, I've had a pension running. I've got three three pensions running. One of them is a really small pension, but I've had it since I was sixteen. It started when I was sixteen. It was uh, it was it's, it, it was literally six quid a month, six pound a month. I don't think it's gone up since then. It stayed six pound a month, so it's it's worth. I think if if, if I make it to seventy five, it could be worth a million. But of course, I won't make it to seventy five, and so I won't be getting the million. It'd be quite a nice idea, actually. 13 million of people will not have enough money in their pensions. I'll just have to keep going until I drop on the programme. 
That's the threat, anyway, I've made to them. I've already said to them I'm going to stay till I drop. Uh, the easy way to tell a fake pound coin, says Sharon, is to hold it between the index finger and thumb, ensuring the Queen's head is facing you. OK. Uh, with the head to the top, then rotate the coin through 180 degrees. You should see the reverse. Uh, the, reserve, reserve, uh, the reverse should be horizontal. Uh, da, da, wait a minute. Uh, and reverse. Well, it is, but it's not of anything. Uh, or whatever the design is, they'll t- scratch the alleged fake coin with a genuine. If it's fake, you should scratch through to the base metal. How exciting. How exciting. I don't know what this one is. Look at the stuff, honestly. The things I'm doing on this... Pr- is, I don't know. I feel like I'm making my David Attenborough series here. Well, I don't know. I, d- I think it's just a foreign coin. I think it's a foreign coin. But uh, And the image on the on the back of it is... I don't know what it is. I'll, t- I'll take a picture of the image on the back and then you can have a look at that one as well. You might as well. Might as well see both sides of it. Uh, my friend Ian is with his friend Stephen in LA for Thanksgiving, listening on the uh, on the app. Woo! How cool is that, honestly? Because they actually go from, from Thanksgiving, don't they? Straight into into Christmas. So celebrate. He said, we're driving to the cinema to see Bad Santa 2. I can't remember Bad Santa. Did I see Bad Santa 1? I can't remember. I cannot remember. But uh, you have a nice time. I'm sure you will. I know you will. I know you will. Uh, right, I'm going to take a picture of the back of the coin. You won't have seen anything. Where has it come here? Wait a minute. Try and move it where there's a bit of light. Do you know, honestly, I'm getting better at doing this. I'm, this is quite uncanny, honestly. At my age, I'm over 40. Seriously, I'm over 40 and I'm managing to do things. OK, I'm now writing the reverse... I've obviously got fingers that are the wrong size, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the wrong size. So now we've got uh, first bit, and now we've got the reverse of it. We see it? Yeah, you can see it. Actually, it's a better picture on the reverse when you're enlarger than it is of the first time I did it. Anyway, never mind. Uh, do have a, a check. Do let me know, please. Thank you very much indeed. I'd be very, very grateful. Uh, don't let young children see this page in the paper. It's the story I did earlier on about that that so-called academic who is saying, you know, the Santa fib can damage your child. No, probably damaged him, I should imagine. Certainly hasn't damaged anybody. Have you ever heard of anybody being damaged? Have you ever heard of any adult bursting into tears? Going, oh, my parent lied to me. Because you keep it going, we do the same. He's obviously Mr Misery. And that's why we love that film, don't we? Miracle on 34th Street, when they go into court and they decide to call one of the... um, one of the little children up, whose father is prosecuting Chris Kringle. And uh, and they say, hello, whatever her name is, let's call her Debbie for the purposes of this conversation. And they say, um, do you believe in Father Christmas? Yes. Why do you believe in Father Christmas? How, 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 how do you know he's real? She because my daddy told me he was. And points at her father, who's prosecuting Chris Kringle for pretending to be Father Christmas. So, of course, case collapses. Case collapses. I love it. I love it. That's what happens because, you know, parents tell them what a miserable father he must be. It's his little bit of fame, though, up until now. Nobody, nobody's known who he was at all. And um, he wanted to kill his own mother. This is this neo-Nazi murderer. To be honest with you, I don't know why we don't just... Can't we slip something in his food in prison? Was that me being a little bit rude and harsh about the whole thing? I mean, he sat there. He had Nazi memorabilia, all sorts of things. He was just a sicko. Sicko, but there's no there's no deterrent for these people. Going to prison for the rest of his life is no no deterrent. Perhaps they'll sort him out inside. Anyway, so here is the um, the tiger who came for TLC, and uh, it's lovely. Uh, it's a very clever computer wizardry, and it's an advert for the World Wildlife Fund's heartwarming Christmas. 
uh, featuring a £700 endangered tiger that is entirely computer-generated. But then if you've seen The Jungle Book, you'll know how brilliantly clever they can be nowadays. Uh, in this advert, I'm surprised, actually, somebody hasn't written on Twitter. This is absolutely outrageous. Couldn't they use a real tiger? You know, there'll be somebody stupid out there, won't there? But anyway, yesterday, it took four months to make this. Uh, it's a 3D artist who created the tiger, says it was a, a real challenge to make it look believable. I've seen The Jungle Book. I've seen The Jungle Book. That's, you know, the only thing real in The Jungle Book is the little kitty. The rest of it is, uh, is amazing. Anyway, this, uh, this sort of tiger visits this house and it goes back to its natural habitat and it turns around and looks at the woman as if to say thank you. Seriously, I mean, it's, it's such a good advert. Beats the bouncy trampoline from John Lewis, as far as I'm concerned. But that's, uh, that's just me. That's just me. Uh, Siobhan, can't stop laughing. I don't know why. <laughs> Probably stood in front of the mirror, at, uh, you know, <laughs> as we normally do. And um, Mark says, if these people who say Father Christmas does not exist can provide definite proof then I may have to accept this. Until then, yes, I agree. I absolutely agree. Where were these these miserable people out there? Psychologists. Pfft, what do they know? We know more than they do. Somebody said it's fake. Yeah. Mark in Brentwood said, would you ever be host uh, for who's doing the dishes or the guest on Saturday? No, no. I keep telling people I'm not a celebrity. They want celebrities on those programmes, and I'm not a celebrity. I'm a radio presenter. I mean, that's why half these people have gone there. In their tiny minds, they seriously believe that they are celebrities. I mean, this this uh, bridge bloke who's on the I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here, Fra- uh, who's Frankie Bridge's husband, what a boring person. He's not a celebrity. He's just some little retired footballer. Scarlett Moffat, a celebrity. He's just some bimbo who sits on television talking about television doesn't quite work for me you know celebrities for me are, are proper people but reals you know a proper celebrity would be brucey forsyth but you're not going to get him on a program anytime soon he doesn't need it be like des o'connor turning up ridiculous isn't it ridiculous uh, the coin star machines charge you a commission yep i don't care seriously i'm not bothered it's only 9.9 percent i'm not worried i saw a thing on the television the other day it was a loan company and they would lend you between 100 and 500 pounds so presumably to tide people through Christmas. What was their rate of interest? 312%. Well, tell them where to stick it, ladies and gentlemen. Seriously, if, you, you know, if you're that hard up that you've got to borrow between 100 and £500 pounds and you're prepared to pay them 312% interest, go somewhere else. Ask family members. Do something. Don't line these people's pockets. It's... Oh, some of them are thousands of percent. I've seen them. This one, I was horrified. They go, and if you want to borrow between 100 and 500, I thought you'd have to be pretty desperate to borrow 100 pounds in this day and age. 100 quid. Go and get yourself a part-time job for 100 pounds. You know, as opposed to borrowing at these sort of rates of interest. 312%. I thought you were having a laugh, aren't you? Why is it that the people who desperately need the money are the ones who get targeted and have to pay the most? But we've seen six and 7,000 percent. And they think they're doing you a favour. They're not. They're absolutely not. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. It's nice to have you company. Hope you're well. It's, um, it's not chilly this morning. It's just sort of mizzy weather. You know, it's Thursday. Thursday, mizzy weather. Uh, 24th of November. Steve Allen with you until 7 o'clock this morning. Do you know, I mean, perhaps I come from a different generation. Well, I think I do anyway. But there's a piece in the paper today that says that children, if you say to them, what would you like to eat? They'll always come up with, oh, McDonald's or Burger King or something like that. They'll go for something fast. But they reckon that children, by the time they're 11, 11 years old, should be able to cook 25 separate meals. 
I'm not saying they can do a banquet, but some of these things here sound really complicated to me. Bearing in mind, this is an 11-year-old child. Who's worked this out? I've got no idea. Uh, the study's findings echo recent comments from Mary Berry that cookery skills for children should be a bigger priority. We'd, we used to have... Uh, what did they call it? Was it home economy or something? I can't remember. And, uh, and there would be baking at school, or failing that, we would do pickled onions or something like that. Uh, but uh, some of these things that these, these kids are supposed to cook seem quite quite adventurous. Uh, I'll just run through the list in reverse order, and you work out in your own mind whether you think kids are able to cook something like this. Scones. Do think kids are able to cook scones? I don't. Apple crumble. I mean, some of these are quite adventurous. Uh, chocolate rice crispy and cornflake cakes. Well, that's easy peasy. You just, you've got to be careful because you're dealing with all these things with either a hot oven or, in this case, hot water and hot chocolate because you put the bowl over the hot water, melt the chocolate, then you pour in your rice crispies or your cornflakes and then spoon them out into paper cases. Any old soul can do that one. Victoria sponge. I've never made a Victoria sponge in my life. Meatballs. I wouldn't know how to go... I mean, apart from getting some mints and forming it into balls, in which case, why don't you just go and buy meatballs? Make it a lot easier. Uh, beef burgers. Making your own beef burgers. I don't know how that works. Chili con carne. Which is... This is quite nice. I mean, you've just got to make sure that you, you boil up the, the beans, don't you, that go in there. We had all this problem years ago. Roast chicken. You're having a laugh. A roast chicken. An 11-year-old cooking a roast chicken. They wouldn't have the faintest idea. Fairy cakes. Well... I suppose it roughly goes in with things like uh, scones, I suppose. Macaroni cheese. I wouldn't know how to do macaroni cheese. I'd buy it. It's already made. Lasagna. You're having a laugh. Somebody said the other day, somebody came into Paul Cooper's shop and they were talking about uh, lasagna made with beetroot. Beetroot. Have you ever heard of that one? Beetroot lasagna. That's a bit of an interesting one. Pizza from scratch. Would you... I would... Seriously, I wouldn't have any idea how to make the base. I could probably put, you know, tomato paste on and swirl that round with a spoon. Bit messy. Put on some chopped up little chicken or something like that and some cheese and that'd be it. Pancakes. I'd buy a pancake mix. Whenever we get round to pancake day, Shrove Tuesday, you buy a pancake mix for a pound in Iceland. You add water, shake it up and then make pancakes. But it's so tedious. A stew or a casserole. Dippy egg and soldiers. Dippy egg, I mean, oh, I don't like dippy egg and stuff. Porridge. <laughs> Sounds quite adventurous to me. This is an 11-year-old. This is what they reckon an 11-year-old should be to cook. Porridge or a stir-fry. Pasta bake. Sausages and mash. Cottage pie. Cheese on toast. Well, that isn't too difficult, is it? I mean, I, I, loved, I love cheese on toast. I love it. It's so exciting. Jacket potato with baked beans. Do you know how long it takes to do a jacket potato in the oven? Hours. Hours. Omelette. Oh, dear. Scrambled egg on toast. Well, that can't be too difficult, can it? It's just that somebody's got to do the washing up. And then number one, 11-year-old should better make spaghetti bolognese. <laughs> yeah, right. Whatever. Whatever. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I couldn't do anything like that. 11? It's all I could do to manage to take the top off an egg. And even then I'd say, Mum, what? Can you take the top of the egg? Oh, I used to hate it. Uh, also, did he murder 58 gay men? This is the, the chef who was free to drug and kill victims that he picked up online. This is Stephen Port. And um, there's a timeline of police blunders on this one. There's all sorts of people. He went for, for young men. Um, in 2014, June the 4th, uh, the police found Stephen Port at Barking Station in East London with a young man he drugged 
who's collapsed. Port admits that they'd taken illegal drugs, but he wasn't arrested. On the 19th of June, Anthony Walgate, given drugs overdose and raped by Port, um, dumped the body outside his flat and called, claiming that he's found an unconscious man. June 26th, suspected of lying to the police and charged with perverting the course of justice. Release on bail. He's not accused of murdering Mr Walgate. August 28th, Gabriel Cavari, given an overdose and raped by Port, who dumps his body against a graveyard wall. September the 20th, Daniel Whitworth, a drugs overdose and raped. Again, his body dumped against the same graveyard wall. Mr Whitworth is wearing Mr Cavari's top and is in a bedsheet which has Port's DNA on it. Still none the wiser. October the 1st, Detective Chief Inspector Tony Kirk tells the local paper the three deaths within a mile of each other are not being treated as suspicious. I mean, could they not have found this out? Anyway, March 23rd, 2015. Port jailed for perverting the course of justice by lying over Mr Walgate's death. In June, he was released on an electronic tag. September the 13th, Jack Taylor, given a drugs overdose and raped by Port, body found in the same graveyard. You'd think by now the police would be kind of working this out. Nope, not a clue. October the 15th, he was arrested on suspicion of four murders and charged, later charged with attacks on eight other men. I mean, what he did was he trawled gay gay dating sites and people got uh, got picked up. And uh, it's they, they now claim, detectives have now said, he, they, they think he could have murdered even more people. Even more people. I mean, nobody actually uh, sort of realised that all these people have been killed in exactly the same way. The bodies were found in exactly the same position, sitting up. And nobody thought this was this was unusual. Surely by that time, surely one you can understand. Maybe you don't know. By the time you get the second one, who looks exactly the same as the first one, you'd be you'd be you'd be kind of working out some sort of method here, wouldn't you? But a, a whole timeline of police blunders, and these these young men could have been saved probably had they been aware of the dangers, or had the police stopped it long before it got to they say as many as it could be fifty eight. They don't know. They don't know. They have no idea. And that's what's so bad about it, because there are all sorts of people uh, who trawl websites now and they're looking. You know, there are websites for straight people. There are websites for gay people. There are websites for transgender people, websites for bisexual people. There's just a website for just about anybody you can think of who's looking for either some sort of companionship uh, or they're looking for, for a sexual hookup. And that's what happens because you don't know who the person is that you're going to see. You have no idea. You don't know anything about them. You only know what their profile is. How many times have I read in the papers they uh, they looked at the picture? This particular Stephen Port wore a wig. He wore a wig. He, he wore, a, wore a toupee. And so they didn't know. And so people go round there. You think, you'd be checking this out. That's why they, they, they've issued warnings. Also, let's face it, you're not even safe in football now, are you? If you go there to be, uh, to be sort of training up as a football, hoping that's a career for the future, which for many people it was. And they end up being put with a paedophile coach who they didn't know about. And he was able to carry on for years. Absolutely years. It is, you know, the advice is, in the festive season or whatever, you meet people, people tell lies. People tell lies. The amount of uh, gay young men who've been murdered by people they met in pubs, they go back there. We've had all sorts of people who've, uh, who've committed such atrocities and they're in, in prison. They're in prison now, and you just you begin to wonder how, how far down the line it goes. And the answer is, I think people think if you find somebody on the internet, they're going to be fine because they've been vetted by some sort of some sort of process. They haven't. There is no vetting process. Anybody can set themselves up. You can put up fake pictures. You can put up anything. 
You don't seriously think, do you, that when you see pictures of prostitutes in phone boxes, which you probably have in the rest of the country, same as we do in London, that that picture is of the person you're actually visiting? Of course it isn't. That's just a model-type picture to kind of get you to go along to see somebody, to spend money. Changing the subject, Angela says, you are a celebrity. You're switching on the Christmas lights. I'm just doing that as a favour. That doesn't mean you're a celebrity. That just means you're somebody who lives in the area. And they've said, you live in the area. Come and, come and switch on the lights for us. Actually, last up, we had a power cut. At about 10.30. I knew that because when I uh, woke up this morning, my friend Lynn said we had a power cut last night. I think what they did was tried out the lights in the town. I think we've got more this year than we've had any other year. So it should look quite nice, actually. And they seem to run up to the, uh, to the green. So that's nice. And, um, and she said we had the power cut. So my, my computer had gone off. So when I went to sign on this morning, there's nothing there. So you have to reboot the system, which luckily worked. So I was quite happy about that. But uh, I think they've got too many lights. Not that I think you can have too many lights, but I think this year they've gone absolutely mad. Absolutely mad. But uh, I'm definitely not a celebrity. Definitely not. Home economics was when you did cooking. You know, you see all the kids on the bus going home and they've got a Tupperware box and they've made flapjacks or something like that. And that's just to get people used to cooking, saving a small fortune. You can save a a lot of money if you actually cook for yourself. But if you don't... If you don't cook for yourself and you can't, that's why they provide supermarkets for people like me. I can't, I can't do anything like that. I can't. I mean, probably if I put my mind to it, I could, I could probably cook something, but it wouldn't be anything very adventurous. I'm never likely to make cake. Why would you bother? I don't eat cakes. Not that, that bothered by cakes. And, uh, and anything, I don't even make sandwiches. I have, I have toasted pita bread, pita bread, and I have, put stuff inside pita bread, but that's about as far as it goes. I mean, when, when it comes to cook, I'm useless. Totally useless. But then I don't need to cook. As I say, that's why God made supermarkets and said, don't worry, Stephen, we'll give you a job where you can afford to eat ready-made meals. I don't eat, you know, fast food very often. Occasionally, but really not, not that often at all. Uh, Martine's going to Winter Wonderland today. Hope it's dry for you. Julie likes the Waitrose and the Robins eating mince pies. Is that Waitrose? How many adverts? Oh, so they've got the John Lewis advert, then they've got a Waitrose ad over there. I've seen the Robins. That's, they're not real. It's fake again. But then everything's fake. Jacket potatoes, cook in the microwave, says Dean. Put in the oven for about 15 minutes to crisp it up. Yeah. The best bit to eat is the skin, apparently, of the baked potato. But that's the bit we, we don't eat, isn't it? We scoop it out. We sc- but the ba- but the, uh, the, you, you could do lovely things with that. That's why, you, that's why, you know, when you go to restaurants, certain restaurants, fast food things, they do baked potato skins. You know, with sort of cheese and mushroom or something in there, which always sounds very grand, doesn't it? Uh, Mick says, is there going to be Christmas carols and an appearance from Santa, even though he's very busy at Twickenham on Sunday when you turn the lights on? I've no idea, actually. I've no idea. Somebody said the best way to melt chocolate is with a hairdryer. I wouldn't recommend that. I really wouldn't recommend that. And, uh, and Sally says, I was 19 when I was made to believe by friends that Santa was not real, and I was devastated. 19? <laughs> Lord. Santa and Father Christmas, such a lovely story. Now children are having... Yes, I know. Well, that's the internet for you, isn't it? That's the internet. The internet has sort of destroyed and taken away from little children what we had when we were little children. You know, and that was the simple pleasures. I can still remember, and I've said it before, trudging down a lane, having been dropped off by the school coach, and it looked like something out of the Titfield Thunderbolt, I promise you. It was a real old coach. And... um, and then I'd have to walk down the lane to get back to our house in, in Yorkshire, which was in the middle of a little tiny village down a lane. And it was all snow. And it was bitterly cold. 
little hands turn blue. But you get indoors and the fire would be blazing. We never had central heating. And, that, and that's when you, you kind of appreciate everything. Nowadays, it's all been taken away, isn't it? Central heating ruined it. I don't even think we had a television. I'm trying... Oh, yes, we did, because we hid behind the sofa when Doctor Who was on. That's all I remember. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. It really is a... The more you read about this uh, Stephen Port case, and he's been found guilty, uh, some of these people had no idea he'd given them something known as liquid ecstasy. So some people died as a result of it. Some people uh, came round and had hazy recollections. But over 15 months, he dumped three of the bodies next to his local church, left one outside his flat, and he planted drugs on them to make it look as if they've died from accidental overdoses, which fooled the police for ages, for ages and ages. I mean, it's, it's just absolutely unbelievable. So he's now been convicted of four murders, three rapes, seven counts of administering uh, a poison and three sexual assaults. I mean, 17 police officers, including a detective inspector, are currently being investigated by the Police Complaints Commission over their handling of the case. I mean, it cost about 25,000 and there was 980 man hours. And he got away even when he, he'd been arrested on one. He got away with two more murders. Two more while he was while he was under arrest and still being investigated. Unbelievable, isn't it? It really is unbelievable. Uh, the Anne Frank story is uh, is quite nice. The signed poem, uh, signed by her, has been sold for one hundred and twenty thousand, which is about three times the uh, initial money that they were looking for. It's an eight line handwritten poem, half of which was copied from a Dutch book of verse dated March nineteen forty two. Uh, shortly before Anne and her family went into hiding. Sold to an online bidder whose identity was not released. You'd think that the Anne Frank organisation would want that, yet they would want to keep that. I thought that would have been sort of part of it. They said it was very special, this is the Anne Frank Foundation, uh, for any of uh, Anne's handwriting to come up for auction. Why didn't they keep it? I would have thought you'd have wanted something like that. Very interesting. Uh, also, Build as the show in which the brightest business minds battle it out to win the backing of Lord Sugar. But as we know by now, they're just a bunch of liars and they're pathetically stupid people. These people lie through their teeth. They've never got any experience of business at all. I've never known such a, a dreadful bunch of deadbeats where they come up with all the claptrap and yet they don't seem to have anything to back it up with. You know, the, the one the other day who was sort of dropped, I think, because he'd basically been fooling them for ages, that he had any business mind at all. He was obviously just somebody who had loads of chat, 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 but actually very little action, action, action. And so now they're saying that the producers put looks before brains. Really? I wasn't aware of that. I haven't noticed any of that before. The programme goes on. At the moment, the amount of people I've spoken to have said, how on earth do these people actually get as far as this? They lie. They lie. Uh, another one here. Uh, it looks like a Welsh leak, Steve, on the coin. Yes. Uh, Jason says, I use my own bank, NatWest, for all my coins. They don't charge, like Coinstar. Yeah, my, my bank don't have one of those things. Uh, Sue Ann says, the lottery numbers are 248 uh, for the lottery, 2410 for the Thunderball. Failed to do 25 and 38. I've got the builders in before Christmas. How lovely. So I'll be halogen ovening. Yes, I, well, me too, me too. But luckily, people cook for me over Christmas. I, I don't cook at all over Christmas. I'm here anyway. Christmas Day, Christmas morning, I shall be here. And all we'll, we'll probably have, we'll probably have some little snacks. I'll probably bring in... I'm going to drive in, I think, Christmas morning. Because then I can and drive back later. Because it's free parking, isn't it? Christmas Day, Boxing Day. And New Year's Day, I hope. If it's not, we're in dead trouble. And we'll just bring in... I'll get some little smoked salmon things or something like that and little sausage rolls or whatever else because people who work o over Christmas, it's quite nice actually. people always go, oh isn't it bad you know, that you have to work, it? no, no I volunteer, 
I volunteer. I'm one of those sort of stupid people who goes, I'll do it because it fits in beautifully. Because there's no point in me being at the Godchildren on Christmas morning at sort of seven o'clock in the morning. They won't have got lunch ready. But by the time I've left here at ten o'clock, driven down there, had a nice little poodle down the motorway singing Christmas carols because I will be singing Christmas carols. And then I get down there. Then we have a couple of bevvies and there's present opening. And then we have Christmas lunch. And there'll be, you know, it'll be nice. And then I'll do it on Boxing Day. I'll have two Christmas lunches. And so I arrive back the day after looking uh, sort of a bit like Jonah and the Whale. You know, it's like, oh, couldn't eat anything else, really. I told you the other day after we went out, myself and Paul Smith, the, the newsreader, and uh, we went to Byron. And I said, if ever you're going and you're having a burger, don't have a, pe- a portion of fries each and a portion of onion. You won't eat them, seriously. You just need one onion rings and one fries. Because at the end of it, I seriously, I mean, I just could have collapsed on the floor. So, not so good. Uh, Lynn says, I bought two lovely ladybird cookbooks for my girls, and each Saturday they would do the cooking for lunch. I supervised. Lovely shepherd's pies and pudding. See, a shepherd's pie I can't have. It's lamb. I have to make sure I have cottage pie. <laughs> they were six and eight at the time, she says. Six, what, for two children? It's very reasonable, six and eightpence, isn't it? I thought they'd have been more than that. Uh, Jackie Potato, somebody else says, you know, in the microwave, it cooks much quicker. Yeah, in the oven, it takes forever. Seriously. Uh, 84850, steve at uh, Somebody said, Brian and Bromley, I can't read that one. I know, I know what the thing is, but it's a court case. So much as I would love to, much as I'd love to, as you can well imagine. I haven't seen the Marks and Spencer's Christmas advert. Is, is there a Marks and Spencer? Well, I suppose there must be. Everybody else has got a Christmas advert at the moment. LBC's got one. It's me. I'm singing the praises of LBC on Christmas Day. I don't know what else is happening the rest of it, but I'm, I'm sure it'll be brilliant in the morning. I'm quite sure. So is there a Marks and Spencer's Christmas advert? Somebody's told me about it, but I, I've never seen it. It's the story of... Of, oh, that's it there, is it? Oh, it's Mrs. Claus. The story of Mrs. Claus and how she steps in to help one young lad who wants to show his sister he does love her. Fabulous tour de force from Janet McTeer as Mrs. Claus as a sort of James Bond. You see, why can't it just be, you know, it's got some very dramatic music. Has it? Dramatic music. Oh, this sounds like the Trans-Siberian Express. Cheese and pickle. Oh, cheese and pickle sandwich she's giving to Father Christmas. He doesn't eat cheese and pickle. He's never eaten cheese and pickle. They're so beautifully filmed, aren't they, nowadays? I want to live in this place. I want to go there. I want to go and live in Lapland for about six months. Look at this. He's outside his log cabin. Music, you know, the music is so integral to every advert on the television now. Without music, films don't have any impact. Don't forget Australia, she says. And off he goes. I don't think his suit's quite red enough for me. I want a redder suit. But uh, I shall check it out. And kids do write to Father Christmas. You've probably got children who like writing to Father Christmas. And uh, if you pop it in the post box, and I can, I can tell you this for a fact, as long as you write Father Christmas the North Pole, you, your, your children will get a reply, but you probably know that if you've done it before. We weren't allowed to write to Father Christmas when we were younger. <laughs> I don't know why. It was quite nice, though, doesn't it? I quite like the idea. It's festive. Cole, please give us snow for Christmas Day. No, on second thoughts, don't. I'm driving. I'm driving. Don't give me snow for Christmas Day. Give me snow after Christmas. No, the producer's not happy with that one either. I just like the idea. I just want to see something. I want to see something. Uh, yeah, the 27th hasn't got to go anywhere, but my uh, my goddaughter, my oldest, is going off to uh, Iceland with her boyfriend on Boxing Day, but they but the flight is six o'clock in the morning. So they've got to uh, they've got to get up at about three o'clock. 
It's going to be a very early start. And he said, he said, we'll make sure we're packed by the night before. She said, we'll make sure we're packed about a week before. Can't just leave it, can you? That would be ridiculous. That would be ridiculous. Uh, coming up to six o'clock in a, a moment. Um, a lot of people talking about the Christmas adverts on the television. I do like watching them because it's, it's fantasy Christmas, isn't it? Fantasy Christmas. And I love fantasy Christmas. I love fake snow. It's, uh, it's not Mrs. Claus. It's Merry Christmas. Listen, there is a film called Mrs. Claus. And I think it stars Angela Lansbury. And I bought it. It's an American film. It's not... I'm sorry. Father Christmas is Father Christmas. He's in a kindly old man with a white beard, which is what they say in Miracle on 34th Street. He's not Father Christmas, she said, of Chris Kringle. He's just a nice old man with a beard. But at the end... There you go. No, she's Mrs. Claus. She's definitely... Yes. And that's on their, their website. Although I thought Claus was with an E at the end. And that must be something else, wasn't it? I didn't even know Father Christmas was married. That's come as a bit of a shock to my system. I thought, but it's so lovely, isn't it? And you've got to have a real tree. I know lots of places have fake trees, but you've got to have a real tree. It makes makes more sense. It makes far more sense. We haven't even looked at the Daily Star. Do you know who they're actually predicting leaves I'm a Celebrity? They've set in Lisa Snowden, they think, could be it. I don't know why. She's been she's been absolutely fine. Get rid of the bore, Ola Jordan. She has to go, definitely. She's definitely got to go. Um, bottles of champagne on special offer all over the place. Uh, Raver Ed Balls is the dog's Balearics. They've said in the paper today, an Ibiza bop for him. Uh, he's going to be dancing to a, a club. He can't dance. That's what's so stupid about it. We're actually voting for somebody who's on a dance programme who can't dance. It's just silly. It's just silly, silly, silly. Uh, Scarlet's Jungle War with Tess. Uh, this is Tess Daly. And uh, Scarlet Moffat has started a show war between the I'm a Celebrity and Strictly Come Dancing by accusing Tess Daly of being dull. Well, the boring one is you, Scarlett, I'm afraid. Uh, Tess Daly's the one with two and a half million pounds sitting in a bank account. You're the one who's so desperate you'd go on television for 20 grand. But uh, that'll be the end of it. That will be the end of it. And uh, Martin Roberts has had a hair transplant, and now he's telling people about it. They tell you anything in the jungle. Six grand he spent on it. His looks a lot better, though, than poor old um, Wayne Rooney's, who just looks like a shredded wheat that they've stuck on there. Don't touch the hair, don't touch the... You just scored a goal, we're going to hug you. Don't touch the hair! Coming up to the news at six o'clock this morning, it's LBC. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. You're very welcome. A second England ace uh, claims he was sexually abused by a coach. Now, 11 people have come forward. Um, the rush hour driver caught eating breakfast at the wheel. Uh, was it wise for the Chancellor to give your millions to save Britain's biggest house? The £17.6 million that he's given to Wentworth Woodhouse, I promise you, will not save the house. It will go a little way... To, uh, to trying to save it, it needs at least £50 million injected into it because of what a previous Labour administration did. They mined under the house. The house has started collapsing. Freddie Starr spends his day singing Elvis and Megan has cooked her own turkey. God, what a gifted person she must be. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Thursday, the 24th of November. It's Steve Allen with you until seven. So we have 55 minutes to try and grab as many stories from the newspapers as we possibly can. The dying widow who vows to make the thieving carer pay for her, pay for her crime. She stole. We've seen this all too often. People who steal from other people. And it's happening in care homes. Prince Harry in another photo. Could be anything, couldn't it, really? Uh, the mum's outrage is a man who punches her baby walks free. He's been fined £900. He thought it was a doll, he said. The judge didn't believe him. How many times a day do you say, I'm fine, when people say, how are you? 
14 times, apparently. I've got 12 little words that will transform your life. A pal of Cheryl's, it's Brian Friedman, the choreographer, he said Cheryl is pregnant. Somebody needs to tell her. Goodness sake. She's got no idea. Are you pregnant? Way well, aye, because I'm worth it. Are you pregnant? It's such a complicated question. So it takes little Brian to do an interview in a paper to tell you that she's pregnant. And I don't know, somebody should ask Liam whether or not he actually got her pregnant. Excuse me, Liam. Did, did, is, she, is she pregnant? Why, eh, because she said she's worth it. I can't comment on it because I'm not old enough. Uh, Rocco's a poor little Richie kid. Poor little Rocco Richie. What a shame. 16 years old and caught smoking a spluff. Spliff, apparently. Uh, the Savile sex scandal. They reckon it could be as big. I don't personally think it's going to be as big as that, which is hitting football. 11 people have come forward to say that they were abused by this pedo football coach who was operating out of Crew Alexandra. And I think a few other places as well. That he was there. Uh, the stars who were not washing in the jungle enough. You'd have thought they'd been under that shower long enough by now, wouldn't you? But apparently not. Megan cooked her own turkey. Woo, she's really talented. Uh, it's amazing, isn't it? So apart from a huge humanitarian and a fantastic actress, she is the girlfriend of Prince Harry. Not that they've ever been pictured together, so we've only got their words for it that he's going out with it. It could be a red herring. He might be going out with a turkey. You never know. Uh, Mr Big's gran in gun hit... And uh, the Alzheimer's wonder drug axed after flopping in trials. And FIFA probing the fans for wearing poppies. Dear me, honestly. You think, I mean, really, it's just ridiculous. Uh, apparently there's a Heathrow Christmas ad, says Andrew in Epping. I don't think I've seen... This. Is there an ad for everything? Somebody said there's a McDonald's advert for Christmas. Plus we've just gone Christmas mad. Which I like. I mean, I don't have, as you can imagine, a, a problem with any of this because I'm, I'm together with quite a number of people on LBC, big, big Christmas fans. We like, we like stuff like that. But I, I, do, I do think, I mean, when you look at that one on the trampoline, that was seven million quid. Seven million pounds. <laughs> You're going to be paying for it, of course, uh, because that's how it works, isn't it? They're, they'll be selling items to get you into there. But didn't they do it the other year when it was a toy that everybody went in to buy? What are you going to be buying this year? Trampolines. I don't think so. Uh, the only problem with the M&S ad is Mrs Claus, who was always round and jolly, not thin. Oh, I don't know. I've seen her thin. But you're right. We, we expect her because Father Christmas has always been quite, quite jolly. And uh, <laughs> I don't know whether or not he eats a lot. We never see him eating, do we? You don't see pictures of Father Christmas stuffing his face with turkey. They're too busy making toys. We seem to be making... Have you noticed? All they're making is wooden toys. Whereas I'm telling you now, the majority of toys sold this year will be electronic. There'll be some electronics in them at some point. But Father Christmas's elves are making wooden toys. I think because they're a bit old-fashioned. But I don't mind that. I don't mind. And um, somebody was talking about uh, the Chancellor. Well, I can tell you now officially that the Chancellor, that's Philip Hammond, will be joining Nick Ferrari this morning on breakfast. So that'll be very... I can't wait to hear that... Uh, how that interview is going to be running this morning. That'll be very interesting. Well, what they're basically saying is, what have we got? What have we not got? The illegals defying the killer storm in a dinghy. They, they claim that they, they'd rowed this thing or come over in a boat uh, from, uh, from Calais, from the jungle camp. Whether or not it's true or not, you don't know. But they had phones, which obviously they hadn't been charging up since they set, uh, set foot on this boat. And they knew to dial 999 from the boat to get help. As I say, you're never too sure. They say that they'd all pay £10,000 each. Getting it from where? Getting £10,000 for what they were hanging around in the camp with £10,000 in their pocket. I can't believe half these people. Justin Bieber and the story of him punching somebody. 
Uh, it doesn't go down too well with a lot of the papers today. And the cops fearing that the gay killer had 58 more victims. Uh, this is uh, Stephen Port, who's now being linked to 58 more drug-related deaths. 58 more unexplained deaths out there. What he did was he, he planted drugs on his victims. Three of them propped up in the same graveyard, and the police didn't see any connection with them at all. I don't know whether they're just sort of taking them sort of directly from sort of college and they don't understand about these sort of things. Uh, the other thing which I couldn't understand is that paedophile rocker Ian Watkins has started promoting his music on Twitter. He's been jailed, as you know, for 35 years after admitting a string of sex offences, including the attempted rape of a baby. And now it turns out he's been Twittering, so they say, plugging his music. I mean... Can't believe that one. The old story of Jeremy Clarkson sparking a complaint about a racist comment on his new Grand Tour show by implying that gypsies drive uninsured cars. But that was an old one, wasn't it? I didn't realise that uh, <coughs> somebody had made a complaint about it. And uh, uh, Hammond, Mr Hammond, did, of course, uh, joke, stop saying these things are going to get us fired. It did also get the biggest audience. <coughs> Excuse me. Particularly throat. Uh, biggest audience, I think, for, that Amazon had had for ages and ages and ages. So it worked. But the trouble is, he's always going to say something. Do you remember he, he was joking ages ago about a pink car being gay? And people going, oh, that's outrageous. You can't. And you think, for goodness sake, what have we turned into? What have we turned into? Uh, well, there's nobody to complain to, is there? No, they, they aren't on television. They're on Amazon. Who are you going to complain to? Nothing to do with Ofcom. Who are they going to complain to? Someone to? I think it's absolutely outrageous he said a comment like this. Really? Well, here's some of the things that people say. Good heavens above, in this day and age, I mean, it's everybody saying it. Also, I think the only people they're answerable to is Amazon. They're not going to do anything about it. They've just paid a fortune for them. They couldn't care less because one person complains. Go away. Shoo. Shoo. Go and get a life somewhere. Honey G, not her name, of course. She's just an old woman. Do you know she's 35? I thought she was about 70. I had no idea she was 35 and still that bad. And she's now said, I've experienced racist abuse all my life because I'm Jewish. Well, to be honest with you, I had no idea. You could have knocked me sideways with a feather. Jewish? I didn't know that. And she says, people used to refer to me as a Jewish princess. That's a compliment, dear. That's a compliment. If you say to somebody, you're very much a Jewish princess, that means somebody who's aware of all the nice, fine things in life. That's the way I've always understood Jewish princesses. Mind you, I know some blokes who've been Jewish princesses as well. And uh, she says, I've got a Jewish nose. Have you? You sure you're not making it up, dear? You're just making this up. I don't know why you've started mentioning this now. Very odd. Honey, real name, Anna Guilford. Such a Jewish name, isn't it? I've never even thought of it. Why would you think about things like that? It's very bizarre. He's been accused by some fans of mocking black culture. Well, of course she is. She's white. We don't do rapping white. That's black culture. Of course, she hasn't seen through that one, so she's thrown it back the other way. Here's a little picture of uh, Brooklyn Beckham. Brooklyn Beckham, who's marvellously talented. Seriously, I mean, he's a, he's a photographer. Uh, he's uh, sort of a footballer. He didn't last very long at that one. But he's a, he's a barista. And he's just marvellously talented. And his best friend is Rocco Ritchie. That's the... I hope... Hope, hope, hope that uh, he's a bit more sensible than that. But he doesn't actually seem to be doing anything, does he? Brooklyn Beckham. We don't know what's... Sk- Isn't it funny? They tell you everything about their lives. We know when Dave's out because they get an official picture, which they can sell to the papers, give to the papers, flog to the... I don't know what they do with it. And, uh, and we know that one of them's uh, going to be a singer like Justin Bieber. So he's not going to have the, uh, the side effects of punching people through a car window. That would be horrible. And uh, we know that Harper is a fantastic designer. She designs clothes at the age of... 
seven or something. And she's now training with the English National Ballet, so she's going to be called a ballerina. No, she's not. That's, that's just a bit of publicity, a bit of flotsam and jetsam. Make, make it out there like she doesn't sit at home playing with dolls at the age of seven. And, uh, and as I say, I can't think of anything else, but they're, they're just absolutely marvellous. Madonna, uh, not saying anything, really, just saying how much she loves her son, which was a shame a short while ago. She dragged him through court. She obviously loves him so much. And he's been branded a tearaway by neighbours. Of course he is. You've only got to look at the haircut to realise that he's got no interest. He's gone all slovenly at 16. And uh, this is in Primrose Hill. Uh, his film director, Dad, said it was the... Or the, the, uh, the residents have said it's the final straw. Nothing from Guy Ritchie at all. But there again, it's not up to us to tell him how to parent his own child. If his own child is smoking dope, that's his problem. That's up to him to deal with. Earlier this year, caught in a custody battle... Uh, Mum Madge reacted to the latest controversy by posting an Instagram video of him on a, on a horse, of David on a horse. And the caption said, we're just going to ride this week out. They, don't, they, they, just, they just push it to one side. doesn't matter. They don't care about it. Goodness sake. He was given an official caution by the police. It's one of these roadside things. And that saves it going to court, doesn't it? Wasting everybody's time. If he wants to smoke it, fine. Let him do whatever he wants to do. So it's up to his parents, isn't it? Up to his parents. Uh, to try and sort him out. If he's gone off the rails at 16, you can only assume by the time he gets to 19, he's going to completely round the bend. Completely. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. I've just realised, Christmas Day on LBC, you lucky people, you've got five hours of Steve Allen. <laughs> I didn't think it was possible to have five hours. But you've got In Conversation for two hours, and then we've got The Breakfast Show as well. So five hours. You'll be crawling up walls, I promise you. You'll be trying to get the present opening uh, done as fast as possible. Although I think save it for later. Save it for later. Do it later when you can sit down with a glass of, uh, of champagne, which would be lovely. Uh, a lot of people talking about the uh, story in the paper today, which is Justin Bieber. Uh, the video of him punching a, f- uh, punching a fan. I mean, to be honest with you, this fan reached into the window as he's driving. Why he put the window down, I've got no idea. And touched Justin's face. Well, I'm sorry. It's you, you're not supposed to touch people. There is, a, I think, there's like a rule, but he shouldn't have wound the window down. Just wave at them. Because somebody wrote wrote to me and said, if I come and see you doing on the lights, uh, will you be talking to people and 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 signing? No, nothing. We don't do anything like that. No, there is a cordon around me, as you'll probably notice. There'll be a lot of plain clothes police officers and things like that. There'll be no no touching, no speaking, no nothing. I, I, I don't do that that kind of thing. It's not not me at all. No, <laughs> whatever. Uh, David says it's the Welsh leak on your coin. It does look a bit like it, but it's a rather odd version of it. It's, it's, I think mine must be the, the cheaper version. Andy says it looks like a 1985, 1990-pound coin, but obviously it's been through the ringer. I think it's been through, the, uh, through everything, actually. Uh, Gary reckons it was Roman 4th century. In your dreams. In your dreams. Yes, it was Mark who asked, if I lived near Twickenham, I would come and see you switch on light. Makes it sound like one. Although, actually, I've got this feeling we're going to turn them on. On Sunday, we're going to fuse the entire district. I don't know why. I think there's actually quite a few lights going on for Twickenham. We're not a big place, Twickenham. You know, you, you, you could drive through it in about about a minute. It's very quick, but you know, we, we've got quite a lot of quite, quite a lot of lights actually. So that'll be nice, won't it? I like that. And my friend uh, Chris Jarvis is doing the lights down at Richmond on Friday at six o'clock. And he's doing them with Maureen Lippman because they're both in pantomime. It's his pantomime. He wrote it. He's directed it. Very clever boy. Very, very clever boy, Chris Jarvis. And so he's doing theirs at at six o'clock, which would be wonderful. And uh, Manuel says, as it's Thanksgiving Day today, I'd like to take the opportunity to thank LBC 
for Steve Allen and the award-winning Spike. <laughs> it is thanks. I don't. I can't remember why they were giving thanks in America. I know they eat turkey, except the one that Obama has saved. And and I wonder really whether or not I know that if if you're an American in another country, you're supposed to go and be able to knock on somebody else's front door if they're American, and they're supposed to invite you in. I'd turn the lights off. Anybody knocking on my door, lights go off. You know, you electrify the door handle. It's as simple as that. If only Madge Steve had let Rocco stay with his dad when he was 15, instead of taking him to court, he might have been a happier young man. I get the impression he's not at all happy. I get the imp- He doesn't know what he wants to do. I should, but he's, he's 16. Nobody knows at 16, do they, what, what you want to do. I didn't know. It's, I don't know. Did I know? It's, I'm trying to remember if I knew at 16 what I thought I wanted to do. And I wasn't, um, I wasn't, uh, wasn't too sure, I don't think. Steve, that coin's been in Nick Ferrari's wallet for years. It's been attacked by moths. <laughs> what a cruel thing to say. What a cruel thing to say. Uh, Neil, good morning. He says, can you wish my lovely sister-in-law, Lynn Miles, a very happy birthday? It's the, it's the big six zero today. He says, you honestly couldn't meet a more kind, caring person who always puts others first. She even took 16 of our family to the Grand Floridian Hotel in Disney's, in Disney's Resort for two weeks. He says, I'll look out for you bombing up the, 11, the M11 on Christmas Day. Yes, I will be bombing up the M11 on Christmas Day. Definitely. Kevin the Milkman says, at the dairy, we've got into the Christmas spirit by recording our version uh, of an old Christmas favourite. You can see it on YouTube by searching Parker Dairies. 12 Days of Christmas, and you can hear the most tuneless milkman in London. I've had a look at some of their previous offerings. I promise you, you'll never complain about Honey G ever again. So it's YouTube and search for Parker Dairies 12 Days of Christmas. Other stories, uh, they, they say everybody has bad hair days. Well, Wayne Rooney must have every day as a bad hair day, I should imagine. But two-thirds of women hate their own hair. It's supposed to be a woman's crowning glory. That's what they used to say about hair. Woman's crowning glory. Many describe their locks as lifeless, frizzy, damaged. But when describing a friend's hairstyle, women use more positive words like thick and shiny. And I, I watch the programmes on the television, which show, you know, if you buy this brush, this is brilliant for your hair. If you use this shampoo, that's very good for you. And they've always got sort of trichologists on there, like Philip Kingsley, talking about um, how, you know, if you take this product and use it on your hair your hair's going to look lovely i've bought into it over the years seriously and i've got no hair left i've got no hair but it doesn't it doesn't unlike some people i'm not remotely bothered i would never have a toop or anything like that i would never have sort of a weave or a rug i'm not it's it, seriously it, it would be too much worry for i'd worry more about having that and somebody looking because you, you can sense people looking going wearing a toop <laughs> got a toop on don't, don't look don't look you know and I, I, I would hate things like that so i mean i could look like donald trump I don't want to look like Donald Trump. I really don't want... I wouldn't mind his money. I'm sure he could put it to better use than uh, than what he does at the moment. But there again, we'll have to wait and see, won't we? We'll be nice, be nice. Um, there is also a picture of Catherine Zeta-Jones. She's 47, her old man, and he is an old man now, um, Michael Douglas. He's 72. He's not looked after his body, it has to be said. <laughs> he hasn't really looked after it. But there again, you don't expect somebody at 72 to be worried about things like that, do you? I don't, but I, I worry about my body now, let alone when I get to 72, if indeed I get to 72. Uh, Sting said he had to move to America because the Brits are so jealous, which is lovely. What's this? My, Michael Douglas? Uh, Kirk Douglas. It only literally two weeks until he hits the 100. God, I hope he hits the 100. Be awful if he didn't, wouldn't it? He's 99, so two weeks tomorrow. They always put people's height down. I never imagined what I thought his height was. It's 1.75. I'm a little bit 
what am I? I can't remember what I am now. I think I'm I'm five foot ten and a bit. So he's five foot five foot. Oh, he's very small, isn't he? He must be shrinking. He's five foot seven. Five foot seven. Good lord. That's one point seven. So five, oh, well, there you go. It's obviously a lot smaller than I am because Tom Cruise is very tiny. When you see Tom Cruise, you you are seriously thinking Pinocchio. Seriously. Um, as I love this little story. I'm, I'm mentioning it now. Oh, where's this? Oh, I can't find that. That, that was that lovely... Oh, which paper was it? I'm going to find it. I'm determined to find it. It's a bit in one of the papers about uh, somebody saying something and complaining about somebody. And I have to read it to you because if I don't read it in their words, it's not, it's not going to sound right. But you what? Best tweet ever of the week. This is a great one. This is from Andrew French, who's an author. What am I looking at? What am I looking at? Oh, nothing. Sorry. Um, and the best tweet ever goes like this. To the teenage girl in the new Mini who stuck two fingers up at me for honking at her, your handbag's on top of your car. You're welcome. Because if you hoot at somebody, they generally go, what are you hooting at? And they hoot at me. And they always do that. And uh, her handbag was on the roof of the car. Consequently, it fell. I saw somebody like that. I did the same thing years ago. Going round the roundabout at Richmond Circus. I don't know why they call it Circus. Most because it's in the round. And there was somebody's phone on top of the car. And he pulled away. And I thought, so I hooted. And all I got was... You know, that that was it. And I thought, I hope your phone falls off. And it did. <laughs> and I ran over it, which was unfortunate. There you go, never mind. That's what happens now. If somebody hoots at you, don't automatically think they're saying that. So she left her bag on the top of the car. She'll now be going, where's my bag gone? It fell off the car. Happy Christmas. Uh, Sting said he had to move to America because the Brits are so jealous. I don't know who he's been talking to. But uh, he says it's left him uncomfortable living in Britain. His wealth stands at about 200 million, and uh, he's the son of a milkman and a hairdresser. But, uh, but his wife as well, she's from a council estate, isn't she? I believe Tru- Trudy Styler is a council estate girl, definitely. He says, I don't really belong to a class anymore, so it's better to be in a society like this, which is a little freer. Uh, but you remember uh, their, their chef, Jane Martin, told how the couple destroyed her world by making her redundant after she became pregnant. She was paid 28 grand a year to manage the couple's entertainment budget, preparing impressive meals for their friends, including Madonna and Elton John. On one occasion, the chef travelled from Wiltshire to London to, co- to, co- to cook a bowl of pasta for Sting and Trudy's children. Crikey. But uh, he's got 200 million, but he doesn't like it in this country because people seem to be jealous. I don't know why. Why would somebody be jealous? I'm watching the Housewives of New York and Beverly Hill. They all seem to be jealous of each other. Jealous. I've never been jealous of anybody. Not even people with hair. You know, why would you be jealous of people? I can't imagine. It doesn't, doesn't serve any useful purpose. It just makes you a very bitter person. And believe you me, I'm not bitter. Might sound it on occasion, but I promise you, definitely not bitter. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. It's nice to have your company. Uh, cute curls. One woman's battle in the paper today with her, with her locks. Nobody's ever satisfied. I've always thought that poor old Kylie Minogue was one of those who, who tragically suffered with hair. Every time we saw another picture of Kylie Minogue, it was with a different hairstyle. She couldn't actually decide on what it was she wanted. But, however, there are other things to worry about in the papers this morning, which you will discover in a moment. Firstly, though, you probably have heard... Uh, of Vogue magazine. Vogue magazine is terribly posh. I don't know anybody who reads it, but it's terribly posh, and it's got uh, an editor who is constantly wearing dark glasses. Perhaps she's got conjunctivitis. I have no idea. Uh, She's called Anna Wintour. However, the story in the paper today concerns a film producer, B. Schaffer. Uh, B. is pleased as punch because she's been invited to join Vogue VIP. What is that, I hear you ask? Vogue VIP 
is an exclusive club that allows members to hold live Facebook Q&As with Vogue editors and privileged access to the magazine's inner world. Isn't that lovely? Uh, Boasting of the news on social media, B. Schaffer also posted the invitation from her pal, Vogue Accessories boss, Selby Drummond. When your best friend, she writes, invites you to experience their world as an insider. However, she failed to mention that her mother is Anna Wintour, the Vogue editor. She immediately came under fire from friends with one agonised chum commenting, please, Anna Wintour would have probably decapitated somebody if you weren't invited. It's amazing how they quickly forget things, isn't it? They go, I think we'll have, let's get my, 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 my daughter in there. OK, should we put her on there? Yes, she can be part of Vogue VIP. It's so The world of fashion is so far removed from the real world. I mean, it really is. You've only got to watch them swanning up and down the catwalk to realise that it's, it's just a pile of pants. Seriously, it's rubbish. I don't know where they get some of these things from. Always used to make me laugh because desperately trying to make herself as acceptable as Dolce and Cabana and, uh, and everything else. Victoria Beckham sits there with dark glasses on. They can't see anything through dark glasses. I've got sunglasses. I know what I can see. If I was wearing them in this studio, life would be very dark. But they think it makes them look more interesting. But eventually... I mean, I have to wear sunglasses for a lot of the time because of the, the state of my eyes. In fact, they actually recommended when I went to get my, uh, my new glasses, wear sunglasses as often as you can. But it looks ridiculous in bed and in the shower. It seriously does. It look absolutely balmy. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, another one here saying, um, perhaps digital dating users would be far safer employing the same caution online if approached by a complete stranger. You just have to... You just have to be careful. And I don't know how much care you can you can put into it. If these boys who got picked up on Tinder didn't know... Uh, I told you, a friend of mine uh, used to pick people up on there, probably still does, but got ripped off to the tune of £20,000 by this one person he'd met on Tinder. I mean, thankfully, it wasn't, it wasn't worse than losing money. Money's always replaceable. Your life is not. And these young men lost their lives. They think... Uh, this Stephen Port could be responsible for as many as 58 other unaccounted... So, in other words, another 58 young men have been murdered and the police have no idea how they died. They never thought about it. They never thought about it. Let's do the uh, the front pages this morning. Just so you've got a rough idea of what's going on in the world, it's not all, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. I mean, it is in a lot of newspapers because they're, uh, they're sort of... They have to keep drumming up interest. So, now... Martin Roberts and his hair transplant. He, he, was, he was going bald at the back and then all of a sudden he's got hair and that costs £6,000. But I don't know what sort of hair it is. I don't know if it's stuck on. I don't know if it's, it's supposed to be like that or if it's actually growing. I know you can get spray hair, which comes in a can and there's a, a company just off Tottenham Court Road and they sell it. And so you, and then you see it, I think it's called Million Hairs. And it, it looks like candy floss. You sort of spray it onto your hair and it sort of adheres to what little hair you've got there. Then you pat it down and then you spray it with, um, with hairspray. They were doing a thing on big fat gypsy weddings the other day. Apparently the, the penchant is not only to have the biggest, most vulgar dress imaginable, but also to be this revolting colour of creosote. And they discovered that if they went out and got fake tans, uh, when they put their, their dresses on, which turn out to be total turkeys, but they seem to like them, uh, they got their fake tan on the dress. So they came up with a little trick all of their own. Spray themselves with hairspray, which fixes the fake tan. So they had this poor blob the other day who was trying to squeeze herself into a wedding dress. She just looked like a giant meringue. Unfortunately for her, it rains in Ireland. 150 days of the year, it rains. And on this particular day, it rained. So they've got to spray themselves 
to fix the tan. Otherwise, they're going to look ridiculous. They're going to look like the cake that was left out in the rain. And it was very funny because I'd never thought about actually fixing fake tan. I don't do fake tan. I don't really do tanning. Talking about leaving things on top of cars, says Noreen. A couple of years ago, Brian and I were meeting my brother in Luton, only 10 miles away. I walked down the path to the car, mobile rang, answered it, got in the car, off we went. Got to Luton, looked for my keys, can't find them. What do I do? After locking the front door. No, I put them on the roof of the car. They were still there. After Brian drove in the Russia. That's the thing, isn't it? I've done that before. I've walked out the front door, gone slam... Oh, keys are in the kitchen. The other thing, I cannot leave the house without. You know, there are certain things in the morning that when you, when you go through your uh, pockets, you cannot go without. So, consequently, apart from insulin, usual sort of things like that, cleaning cloth for your glasses. Seriously, I've got two. I bought a pack of six a short while ago. And because glasses get dirty, they get so smudgy. You don't... I don't even seem... To, I mean, I don't take them off for the duration of the programme. They're just sort of perched there. Um... And so, but I'm constantly cleaning them. It's ridiculous. They get so grubby. And you think, that must be making your eyes worse. So I've, I've decided to be a good boy and start taking... But I came out yesterday without the cleaning cloth. And you think you can clean them on your shirt. You can't. It's got to be this material, which is cheap as chips, I think, this stuff. It's like a satin, isn't it? Uh, or you can get little wet wipes and stuff. I've got a big box of those, but I haven't used those for ages. Otherwise, you just fill your pockets up with stuff. Front page of the Daily Mail. Here he is. It's Philip Hammond. He'll be with Nick Ferrari this morning for breakfast. The elite said Brexit would spell apocalypse. Yesterday, an upbeat Chancellor predicted growth for the next five years. Pity about the terrifying debt, say the the Mail. So much for Mr Gloom. Uh, no doubt Nick will be quizzing him this morning on that one. The Daily Mirror front page, what the budget means for you. I won't go through it all because I'm sure Nick will be going through that in, uh, in around about 25 minutes this morning. Joe is the patriot. You're the terrorist. This is uh, the judge attacking the Nazi fanatic. This is Thomas Mayer. Couldn't care less. And, and I don't know what the sentence should be. They sent him to prison for life. I don't think, well, why should we bother keeping him? What useful purpose does he serve? Nothing. Absolutely nothing at all. He stabbed her and shot her. She shielded her face. And uh, she wanted her assistant to get away as far away as possible. And he, he just calmly walked away after he'd, uh, after he'd killed her. Seriously, I mean, <laughs> dreadful thoughts go through your mind, don't they? I'm afraid it's a case. I wish somebody had inflicted something, something horrible on you. Uh, also, the football paedophile horror. This is the second England star, David White, who said he was targeted aged 11 by Barry Bennell. There's no money involved in this. There's nobody that they can sue. Barry Bennell is out of prison, as far as I know, and living in Milton Keynes. And presumably, when he was sent to prison for sexually abusing these youngsters who he was supposed to be training. I mean, he had a great... The stupid thing is, he had a great reputation as a coach. Parents trusted him, but he had everything in his house that appealed to young boys. One of them uh, abused from the age of 11 up to 15. And he had fruit machines, he had a monkey in a cage, a pool table for them to play on, all sorts of things. But at the, at the back of his mind, he was a paedophile who ended up marrying, I think, one of the the sister of one of the boys he was abusing. But anyway, so years ago, because he was sent to prison for nine years, they must have known about all these boys, but their names were kept secret. Now they've decided to waive their anonymity. Uh, David White played for Man City and for Leeds as well. They're all, most of them are, are still professional people in the game. Many of them have obviously retired now. But the ex-Man City and Leeds player said it influenced almost every relationship in my life because it went on... For ages and ages, and only now, because bearing in mind, the football clubs have known about this. They must have done, because the, the coach who was working for them got sent to prison years ago. 
Why didn't they do something then? Why has it taken the football players to come out now and say something, and now Crow Alexander say, oh, we're doing this in the NSPs? This should have been done years ago. Should have been done years ago. The football club could have done something about it. They were employing a man who ended up going to prison because he'd been abusing boys at the club, and they did nothing. They did absolutely nothing. You don't really understand why it's taken until now for, for some of these boys to come out. They're now, they're now men. David White is 49. I mean, Andy Woodward, who was the, uh, the first of the players to admit that he'd uh, been abused, uh, went up there. And he's going to be joining, I think, Ian Dale at drive time. Is it today? He's doing it today, is he? Because I would like to know why it is that the football clubs who knew when this man was sent to prison, they must have said this is where he was training people. Why was nothing said at the time? Or have I missed that? Perhaps there was something said at the time. Why has Andy Woodward only just come out now and said something all these years later, knowing, I mean, is, is it because he knew that the coach who'd been abusing him is actually out of prison and is living back in the community? I mean, that's what's, you know, nine years for abusing. The, and they say there could be more. They said, that, you know, he, he might have been part, they think, of a paedophile ring. They don't know that. They're just sort of clutching. But why didn't the football clubs do something about it when it was first known? I mean, this was, he's been out of prison for ages, for years, I think. He was sentenced 1989, was it? 1989 to nine years or later than that. Whatever it was, it was a long time ago. And he served his time and then he came out. And that's all, that's all I know about it. But why didn't the football club do something at the time? Why didn't they then put something in, in place to try and help the, the people? I mean, if 11 have come forward, whether or not that's all crew Alexander, I don't know. Might have been, you know, other places that this paedophile operated. We don't know. But you can hear Andy Woodward... Uh, joining Ian Dale at Drive this afternoon. I think he's had a bit of a traumatic life. I think he was a police officer at one point. We're not too sure, but we think he was. And I'm sure that there's a, there's a story that goes along with that. But it's whatever it is, the football clubs kind of just, pfft, just haven't really done enough, have they? They should have done more, definitely. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. 12 minutes to 7. I know you get very excited about the time, and the only reason I mention it is in case you're going to be running for a train and you're going to miss it. I'll tell you that now you're going to miss it, because it's far more entertaining to listen to the radio. Front page of the Daily Express this morning. Uh, Britain's match fit for EU exit. Philip Hammond last night pledging to make Britain match fit and ready for Brexit. Uh, also... They have a, a thing. They either bring you a medical story on the front of the Express or they bring you something dreary about Princess Diana from years ago. And this time it's dreary old Ed Balls. They say there's a plot to boot him out, which is, you know, I mean, frankly, like it's going to change your life. They say the cha-cha-cha could be a foot fault for Strictly's Ed. Uh, also, the dying widow. I forgot to mention this story earlier on. Uh, she vowed to gain justice after a sly carer was filmed stealing cash from a handbag. And uh, this is a frail great-grandmother called Irene Houston. She was outraged when a tiny secret camera called Layla Denton helping herself to 20 quid during a home visit. And uh, uh, even though she fell terminally ill with cancer, she was determined that Denton would pay for the crime. Uh, Mrs Houston died aged 79, but the film, taken on a device installed by her suspicious family, was enough to land the 20-year-old in court. She admitted theft and given a 12-month community order and 100 hours unpaid work, ordered to pay £120 compensation. It's disgusting, isn't it? But at least 
If you're up there on your cloud, Irene, you got justice. Another thieving carer. All for 20 quid. Get yourself named and shamed in the paper. Not good. The FIFA taking action against Wales over the fans in Poppies is utterly... I mean, really, they're more, they're more stupid. More stupid in FIFA uh, than you ever imagined. And apparently, contrary to what you heard in the papers the other day about, oh, let's go and take... Uh, Philip Green's yacht. Only the courts can rule on that one. Only the courts can rule on whether or not he loses the yacht, which I suspect he probably won't. Let's face it, these sort of people generally survive. Joe's killer sneers as the judge jails him for life. This is neo-Nazi Thomas Mayer rolling his eyes in contempt. Maybe for not too much longer, Mr Mayer. Maybe for not too much longer. Uh, She, of course, died a, a horrible death. Horrible death. You can only... Can't even imagine, can you? You really can't. Uh, Brexfit. Uh, the budget will get Britain in shape for the split, says Philip Hammond, but there's a £122 billion hole in the UK coffers. Not good, is it? Oh, and another picture of somebody in a shower, Lisa Snowden. It's amazing, isn't it? People get so excited about showers in the jungle. Whereas, in fact, I think they had a prize the other day, and the prize was to live like a king. So they were given bread and cheese, their proper mattresses and soft pillows and, and everything else, and still people complained about it. <laughs> They're just in there for money. That's all there. They're not in there to prove anything. Sometimes the claptrap that they come up with, ladies and gentlemen, is that I want people to see the real me. And we're all thinking, I'm not interested in seeing the real you. I couldn't care less about the real you. I don't like the old you, let alone the uh, the new you, the real you, or everything else. I, just, I really don't care. Uh, the police hunting for an accomplice who provided the gun to Joe Cox's killer. Uh, they think he may have been aided by an accomplice. Well, he'd have got the gun from somewhere, wouldn't he? I'm sure they will find that person. And uh, the police have disclosed last night they're now beginning a a manhunt. They've obviously got a rough idea what they're looking for. Uh, Billions to boost the British output. The Times this morning, Hammond bills for Brexit. Um, And the key points, I mean, just just very quickly. Duty on fuel frozen uh, for the seventh year in a row. And uh, on average saving £130 for a car driver. When they, when they say the duty frozen on fuel, well, then why do the prices keep going up and down at the pumps? Because of the greedy petrol companies who are thieving money off you. I tell you, at our local filling station, and we've got a couple, it goes up and down almost on a daily basis. Anything from 117 up to 120. So don't give me this balderdash that, you know, it's the world oil prices. So it makes no difference. I mean, you know, the, the duty on fuel, that doesn't make any difference at all to us at the pumps. You think it does? Think again, matey. Think again. Also, free childcare for working families with three- and four-year-olds doubling to 30 hours from next September. Doesn't affect me. Doesn't affect me. Personal tax allowances rises by £500 to 11500 and by 2020 to 12500 Woo, whoopee-doo. So excited. Uh, higher rate income tax threshold rises from 43 to 45000 uh, in April and in 2020 to 50000 Getting more exciting by the second, isn't it, as you can imagine? Dubious whiplash claims, I would say that would be about 98% of them. Uh, outlawed, saving drivers £40 on annual insurance premiums. Yeah, right. You really think you're going to be going to your insurance company and they're going to be going, don't worry, we've decided to make your insurance cheaper. Tell me when that happens. I'll be delighted to report it on LBC. Also, the draft legislation on a minimum excise tax on cigarettes. Again, not interesting me in the slightest. Not interesting me in the slightest, but I'm sure somebody will find it riveting. It's this petrol price at the pumps. You know, we've actually frozen the price of duty. Well, explain to me why we're paying through the nose. Because the petrol company... Every so what I've discovered, every time the petrol company want to waste money, they'd not, they knock down a filling station and build another one exactly the same. 
So they can go, oh, well, it's our investment programme. The pumps apparently need changing every so often. What was it the other day? What was the company? Was it Ferrera Rocher? The company owned Ferrera Rocher and Kinder and everything else. They haven't made any profit in this country. In fact, they've made a £15 million loss, so they won't be paying any corporation tax anytime soon. A bit like any of the coffee companies. And I said the other day, is anybody paying tax? Am I the only one? Well, there's a few of you out there, I realise, but most of you are probably thinking, well, there's about 700 of you who put your money into these little schemes so that you could try and reduce your tax bill. I, of course, don't have enough money to do things like that, so I have to be a very good boy. And I love paying my tax. <laughs> like everybody. They all say that, don't they? I love paying tax. I, don't, I think if you've earned it, why not pay the tax? Why not pay the tax? Uh, the Guardian this morning, where the money will go and what it means for you, the expert views and analysis. You'll get all that on LBC. The racist terrorist... Uh, who killed Joe Cox in an act of supreme cowardice, will never be freed. He couldn't care. I don't know, what, 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 what do we think is the deterrent for somebody like that? There is no deterrent. Even if you had the death penalty, it wouldn't make any deal. He couldn't care less. Couldn't care less. Uh, plus, um, Rosamund Pike from Gone Girl to a United Kingdom, which is lovely. It's about all on the front page, actually, of The Guardian. It's a little bit disappointing, really. Financial Times have got Rainy Day Chancellor putting £27 billion aside as a Brexit shock absorber. Austerity to last until 2020. Uh, forecast for slowing the growth. Plus, uh, the failure of this Alzheimer's drug. Uh, it's wiped more than £10 billion off the value of Eli Lilly, its developer, and dealing a key setback to the hunt for a drug to delay the fatal disease. Honestly, what, the, the things you have to look forward to as you get into your later years. They used to laughingly call it the twilight years. Mercifully, with Alzheimer's, you never know it's the twilight years because you've got no idea when you reach it. But it's all these things that you, you're supposed to look forward to, isn't it? When you get a little bit older, you think, oh God, am I going to be immune from all this kind of stuff? I sincerely hope so, but probably not. At least we, we can share it together though, can't we? I mean, sort of, you know, problem shared, as they say. Uh, Captain Hammond, they call him in the Financial Times, who is calmly navigating air pockets. Uh, Martin will be listening to me on Christmas Day. Five hours. Uh, five hours of Steve Allen on Christmas Day. Uh, Martin says, I gave up smoking years ago and now I, what do they call it? Vape. Is it vaping? But apparently that isn't supposed to be very good for you either. They've said that vaping's supposed to be bad for you. All I know is you seem to get more smoke out of vaping than you do out of proper cigarettes. It's just that I'm hoping it's only the cigarettes and the uh, tobacco in there which causes you harm and vaping doesn't do you any harm at all. Uh, Ross says, I only pay 105 pence for diesel. Another benefit of being a member of Costco. 105 pence for diesel. Where do you get petrol at Costco from? They don't do petrol. They do tyres. You show a card and get some discount or something. I've never heard of that one before. I'm paying about £1. What did I pay the other day? £1.21, I think. So it makes no difference what, what, the, what the duty is, because I'm not the one who's paying it. it. It goes on the price, but the petrol companies just sort of charge it to us. It's like if you're the mayor of London, you shove the price up for anybody commuting in the capital. Mind you, did you discover the other day, I was so intrigued by it, that uh, Amy Lame, who's his night czar, what the God in... I know it's lame, and it's lame. I call her lame because she's no talent whatsoever for talking about what we do in London at night time. They've now cancelled any interviews to her in case people grill her because she doesn't know what she's doing either. She was a fundraiser for the mayor. That's what she did. She was a fundraiser. And now she's apparently the night czar. What sort of night czaring is she doing, for God's sake? But we're not allowed to ask her. She used to work on the radio, I know. That's why I called her Amy Lame. I think that kind of summed her up very nicely. Yes, BBC Local Radio, da, 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 da. Amy Lame, <laughs> but she's the night czar, but apparently she's not really, because somebody else has been brought in to do the job properly, and they've kind of sort of moved her to one side, but she still gets the money for doing a couple of days a week. What is a night czar in London? Is she driving a bus or something? Should we be told about it? 
I mean, it really is the most ridiculous thing. And of course, no, you're not allowed to talk to her. So they banned all interviews in case you trip her up with your journalistic questions, which, of course, you probably would be able to do terribly, terribly easily. She was always a bit sort of, I don't know, in your face, but never actually made any impact. So when she was made night czar, I thought, what does that mean? I don't know what it means. I'm in London. I work at night. Is she not going to come round and say, uh, you know, uh, so, so what are you doing? Is it, uh, what, what's she there for? Waste of, waste of time and space. But we'll always find something to complain about. And that's the good thing about being British, isn't it? I like complaining. Complaining is good for you. It gets the blood pumping around the system. It means you can fire yourself up. You can have a good laugh, laughing at other people's expense. And believe you me, I do laugh at other people's expense. But you do get me on Christmas Day for five hours. Uh, Even I didn't realise that. (laughs) It's two hours of uh, Steve Allen's In Conversation, which would be some fantastic people. And, uh, And then it's me for breakfast. Christmas Day, Boxing Day, New Year's Day. But I'm, I'm all the other days in, in between as well, so don't worry. Not going to lose me at all over Christmas. I mean, complaining is, is, is good for you. And that's today's podcast title. Complaining is good for you. Exercises every muscle, gets the blood pumping around the body, fires you up, gets you out of bed. Come on, out. It's coming up to seven o'clock. You need to do that. I'm back with you tomorrow morning when it will be Friday. If you're paid monthly, you'll be very excited. Because come midnight tonight, you will have money in your bank account. Yippee! You can eat. Pot noodle, here we come. You can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are. Download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet. Never miss a moment. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at steveallenshow.com. At Steve Allen... Is it at Steve Allen Show? There's no no, no dot com at all. I don't know what I was talking about. Leading Britain's conversation at 10, it's James O'Brien. But right now, Nick Ferrari at breakfast. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am. 